This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we've got a listener-sponsored review of John Carpenter's 1982 cult classic, The Thing. Plus, we react to the new trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and the first trailer for the Flash movie, as well as all the trailers and TV spots from this year's Super Bowl. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, February 13th, 2023. <laughs> oh, hi. I didn't hear you come in. This is Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Now, if somebody could please explain to me what a geek boner is, my life would be complete. Until then, rock on, nation. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. What's up, listener? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. And joining us fresh off of his Super Bowl halftime performance, dancing with Rihanna as one of the sperm dancers... It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I thought I was going to penetrate, but well, then I got in and there was already a baby in there. You said, get the fuck out of here. I, that, I didn't read into that. That's what the conceptual theme of that show was, right? Once I realized she was pregnant, I was like, oh, there's sperm. Oh, yeah, I'm, but you know what? It's like, uh, it was a lot of sperm. I mean, they were wiggling <laughs> like sperm. They're like air humping. I, you know, at the time I was like, they had weird. little tails. I didn't eat, I, it was hard to tell she was pregnant until I went to Twitter later and everyone really like, the I, whole time we were like she's pregnant Some, <laughs> she's gonna reveal she's pregnant the way she looks there was something on my screen like it was so red that like it was blowing out the first of what are you doing pixels? watching the Super Bowl oh what I, there's nothing else on I gotta watch the big game there's tons <laughs> of trailers that's why but all I right. love the halftime shows and uh, all in all the Super Smash Brothers Mario Brothers set was great and that she did a that great set job. was crazy. I was I was like, whoa, what's going on? I was just waiting for the headline the next day. Pregnant woman falls from platform at Super Bowl halftime show. I got to get handed the fucking I that to her. She she had no fear glutton on that. Oh, thing. She's going up and down. I was waiting for like Bowser and Mario to jump across the fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> it was good, though. I didn't even watch the end of the game. I Apparently it was exciting. Whatever. I built. Great game. Yeah. Great trailers. Which is going to lead us into our new segment. Let's go. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. As we discussed last week, we got about, I got about 10, 11 trailer, big game spots, trailers, 30 second spots, full trailers here. We're going to run through uh, a huge showing. I can't remember the last time we've had this many trailers at, at a Super Bowl. Like all the studios were buying in this year. Mm hmm. I wonder what that signifies, but there's a lot of movies coming out this year also that have been delayed. So that was wild. Well, COVID's over. People are going back to the theaters. They're trying to uh, revive this whole shit. So let, like, let's get back people back into the movies. Let's get everyone excited. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. They were releasing these things on YouTube before they aired. Every commercial break had something, and they were like, watch the full trailer on YouTube. Uh, it was hard to keep up. So let's start. Uh, with uh, the Dungeons and Dragons spot. I'm just going to go and 
And in order, we're going to save the big ones for the end. Uh, right. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves coming out March 31st. Anthony, let's start with you. Comments this, on this trailer. So Dungeons and Dragons is a card game? It's a tabletop role-playing game. The original kind of... Basically arc- set the tone for everything. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah, role-playing game. I've heard about game. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it looks okay. I don't really know. This one I don't really understand in terms of what it is. So a lot of CGI. Yeah. Looks okay. I mean, it just looks like any other big blockbuster movie. That's the problem with something like this. Yeah, it's it's pretty bland. A little yeah. generic. This one uh, showcasing a lot more action than the other trailers that showed some of the humor. But I thought the action should look kind of cool. But it is kind of generic sword and sorcery. Yeah, just on. you, you want to know. It's just I don't know what they're trying to do here. And it's it just like either they're trying to simulate what it's like when modern people play the game. By having everybody like n- not be uh, old school in the way that they're presenting themselves, or I don't know, it just felt it just feels too modern to be um, something in that era or in that fantastic world. It's like I mean, it seems like a doesn't it doesn't it doesn't gel. It seems like it's almost like a comedy when you do that. I, I mean, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of laughs. It, it seems to be have a lot of the issues that Willow had for me, where. They're just speaking in like modern vernacular, the kids and yeah, it's a good point. Verisimilitude, whatever that fucking word is. Verisimilitude is the word. Verisimilitude. Verisimilitude. I mean, you got to be talking like crazy fantasy world talk. Uh, anyway, I don't know. With Game of Thrones, just if does yeah. it ground you yes. when you when you see that? Well, you, so. you got to hire all British people though, first of all, because it just makes a difference when it's a British person right. when it comes with a British <laughs> accent. Uh, but this one, whatever. I'm probably, you know, I'm not going to go see this, but they're they're plugging it, so throw it in here. Thirty second spot, a lot of action. Let's move on to Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs millions of years ago uh, in the '65 spot. Have uh, Anthony? Have you seen the trailer for this before? Have you heard about this movie? I saw the trailer in a movie theater for I think Black Panther. Oh, okay. And I was confused then, and I'm still confused <laughs> on what. What this is? I mean, it looks cool. It looks um, not as generic as what we saw previously, but uh-huh. also somewhat similar to everything we've seen previously. I don't know what it is. I don't really know what they're going for here. Look, it looks intriguing, though. I'd say that seems to be a story of Adam Driver and this girl in the spaceship travel back in time, sixty-five million years, crash land on Earth, and have to fight dinosaurs. It looks like a dope, the best Jurassic Park movie I've seen in a while. Uh, Ruggs, what do you think about this? You excited for this? Uh, excited. I will watch it. I, I just think it's yeah, it's a cool idea. Let's see. It's probably going to be a, a, a okay movie. So uh, am I excited? Not really, but it, it looks like it's definitely something I'll watch when I when it comes out on streaming or when I can get it on Amazon, something like that. I wonder if he's like the first human and then like it changes the pattern of man or he's the reason... I don't know, because like now there's spaceships and weapons 65 million years ago that got left behind. It's an interesting concept. I mean, don't, isn't there cowboys and aliens or something like dinosaurs and cowboys oh, or something like that? Oh, yeah. Cowboys and aliens. Is a movie I, that there's came cowboys out and fighting. aliens. But there was yeah, Cadillacs and dinosaurs or something. Wasn't there just, something? Yeah, it just reminds me of that concept for some reason. But like something futuristic in the past, like Prey. Yeah. Like, you know, that yeah, type yeah. shit. Yeah. The dinos look pretty good, though. So, 
Uh, that's coming out March 10th. Moving on, we got a full first trailer for Fast 10. This is a big one. Mm. Uh, Anthony, I'm going to let you start this one off because I admittedly haven't seen all the movies. I've seen maybe I've seen Hobbs and Shaw. I went meant to go back and and brush up on my fast filmography. I haven't done it yet, but this is the last fast movie. No, I, I think the second to last. Oh, are they splitting uh, 10 into two parts or I thought this yeah. was the last one. I thought no. nine and 10 are going to make 11. No, no, they're doing an 11. I think even the trailer says this is the beginning of the end. The beginning yeah. of the end. Or something along those lines. It says, yeah, the end of the road begins is what it, the tagline is. Oh, that Boyz II Men song is wonderful. It's a great song. Oh, yeah, it is a really good song. Anyways, Momoa is in this. He's been added to past movies. What the fuck is going on here, Anthony? What do you think? Well, I, I'm not the fast expert either. I stopped after seven, and I one day intend to to get back into it because i do have a guilty enjoyment for all of these movies i still think i would say fast five is one of the all-time great action movies yeah. i'll throw that out there yeah. i think i think momo was supposed to be in fast five they add him retroactively yeah, that was just, that so that was going to be what i said is uh all of a sudden momo was, was in fast five except he wasn't and <laughs> I mean, they got paul walker in the trailer i was like what the fuck is going on well yeah they got they're referencing fast five but they've got seeing as i haven't been following i mean john cena is Dom's brother, who's a good guy, and Han is back, and mm-hmm. Jason Statham's character and Han are talking to one another. All that being uh, very confusing if you haven't been following, and maybe <laughs> just as confusing if you have been following. Two comments. Yeah, one, I don't think it makes any difference. No, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Two comments, though. One, I mean, they're going all out. That's a, a hell of a. You look at that trailer and you go, there's like literally every big name action fa- male and female you got yeah. in here. I mean, you've got. Yeah. All the guys I listed, you've also got Charlize Theron, Michelle Rodriguez, you've got uh, Brie Larson's in this. I mean, what is, there's so many things going on. Such a long trailer. And uh, so in that sense, I'm like, this looks kind of awesome, you know, in a, in an only in a fast universe type way. Also, big missed opportunity to not name this one just called Fastin. Fastin, Fastin. Fastin your seatbelts. Yeah, exactly. Like Fastin your seatbelt. Like that's a huge miss. So that's what I think about it. Instead, this. it sounds like the name of a um, anti-diarrhea medicine. Louis Lettier is directing this one and the next one. That's oh, interesting. Oh, shit. He, Both he of did, them. Uh, he did quick, the Hulk. Uh, quick uh, trivia. Who did, what superhero the Hulk, movie did he do? The Hulk. Uh, yeah, the Hulk. Ed, the Ed, Ed Norton Hulk, yeah. Ed Norton one, yeah, which was well-directed. I yeah, thought. one of the first. Not the best story, but well-directed. One of the first MCU movies. I've, all I've heard is that Fast 9 was horrible, so I feel like they're trying to... Get back to basics, and again, it's actually about car racing again. I noticed somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but whatever. It's the fucking Fast and Furious. Rugs, f- uh, favorite moments from this trailer? You got any? Um, I-, I was just happy that they were like back in the cars at a race, and I was like, oh, they're at all the you know, all the hoopla of, of the girls dancing around the cars and stuff. I was like, okay, that's good to get back to that. So apparently, Momoa is playing. He's the son of the guy in Fast Five. Okay. So he's playing uh, Hernan Reyes, who was the villain in Fast Five, that guy's son. Oh, they show and, him briefly, yeah. But what's kind of int- funny about this is that character was Brazilian, or supposed to be Brazilian. And like Momoa's, Momoa is very, puts it in your face that he's very proud of his Hawaiian heritage. Right, so it's right. like, 
Oh, you got this Hawaiian guy playing it? Brazilian? <laughs> Whatever, Brazil, Hawaii, same thing. It's Whatever. fine. John Wayne played but Genghis the, Khan. It, it, what they're doing, I mean, they're pulling all the big names. I mean, outside of The Rock, when yes. there was The Rock and Vin Diesel, everyone wanted to see that. I don't know if people really want to see the Vin Diesel and Jason Moa, given how old Vin Diesel looks or is. <laughs> but Jason Momoa is still a, a big name, obviously, you know, and a big... Uh, a, f- a physical, imposing guy. So there you go. What, was, friend- he, what, what was he wearing, though? Yeah, I don't know. Some don't know. kind of very flamboyant. He had some weird shit on his face. My Paint. friend Ed goes, why does Vin Diesel look like he has an Instagram filter on his face the entire time? Because <laughs> oh, that, he where, does. That's where most of the CGI <laughs> work happens. That's why. He's like a weird shade of orange, like a, like a soft, like a. Very smooth shade of orange. They're trying to like. Yeah, it's definitely some kind of a filter. That yeah, they they're use. like filtering out his wrinkles. Uh you're just missing the Gal Gadot, but I heard, apparently she's dead. But you can bring her back, right? You can probably bring her back. He dies. Uh, and the other people saying Statham being in this is kind of a fuck you to the Rock, uh, mm. because as it should be, because you got half of Hobbs and Shaw here. Where's the other half? I forgot which one is which. I wish the Rock was in it. Right, I know now, that they have. They felt they had a falling out. Yeah. But. That would have been crazy. I loved a couple of bits. I loved the little motorcycle hop over where he goes on the front wheel and hops over the little obstacle. That's dope. And then the whole car falling out of the fucking plane and then being fine and still going. And then car versus two helicopters. Come on. Well, come on. The funny thing is that in the shot where the car jumps out of the plane, the car, like when it lands, it splits in two. And then in the next shot, it's, it's completely fine. fine. Yeah, the car gets... The, yeah, how is like, this I car? haven't seen that since, like, the A-Team. It's amazing, yes. Or Knight Rider, right? Yeah. It's very Knight the Rider. cars would land, and they would, like, you totally be breaking apart. And then also in the next shot, they're, like, perfectly fine. That movie Taken does that a lot in their car chases. Like, the car is about to get crushed, and then it cuts to just it driving off. Like, it's fine. Without a scratch. Without on. a scratch. One more comment uh, yeah. from my end. Yeah. I don't know if I mean it's probably it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, we know Jason Momoa's character wasn't in Fast Five, but that is the best movie in the franchise. So to, to, for them to call back to that movie right. is seems like it would be smart. That's yeah. They who knows if it'll play out well, but you know it could enhance that movie or make it like what the fuck, totally ridiculous. But May nineteenth, uh, this one will hit the theaters. A listener, let us know what you think of some of these trailers. You can join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. There is a link in the show description. It's a closed private group just for you, listener. Join it today. Okay, let's move on to Scream Six. Put out a real uh, quick big game spot. Another thirty seconder with more scares and like this movie looks good i love the trailer that first trailer that came out and this one continues to seem like it's like a really fun yeah tense slasher movie looks like it's quality doesn't look cheap or or flimsy so uh i'm interested in for the first time in scream in a long time so right yeah me too i gotta catch up and uh on the other ones there's like a hall of ghost face costumes in here that's kind of like a shrine that's kind of crazy similar mm-hmm. to a shrine in uh one of the other trailers we're going to be discussing uh anthony scream six is what does this do for you scream's always been a, a pretty solid franchise in my opinion i haven't i'm not a horror guy so i've only seen the first three i haven't seen the last two but i'll echo all your guys' thoughts apparently Scream 5 got a real a lot of really good reviews, and the uh-huh. franchise was really revitalized after that. So, yeah, it looks good. 
look, I'm, I'm sure horror fans were, were very happy. I'm sure Gerald Morris was um, in his underwear dancing. Yes, he was like, yeah. Uh, so that's coming up March 10th. There's so many fucking movies coming out in the next few months. It's crazy. Let's move on to this one is fun. The Super Mario Brothers movie kind of did a swerve. And instead of like a trailer, they put out a commercial for the Super Mario Brothers plumbing company and with a very recognizable theme song. Did you recognize this theme song, Anthony? I'm going to ask because you probably did it. I mean, I recognize the tune in the background. I don't recognize the, the rap people part? singing it. No? Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Rugs, you remember this. Yeah, I remember that. That's from the uh, the, the uh, Saturday morning TV show, I yes, believe. This, is the, this rap was in the beginning. It was called the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. We're with the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Uh. It was in the title theme song, and I rem- I was singing along with it. It was a cartoon, but it had live action segments in between. Was Captain Lou Albano was, in that one? Uh, it looked like it. I can't. I was going to look it up. I didn't get to that point. It looked like it was Lou Albano playing. I think it was Mario. That's the one. I forget who played Luigi. And that was the theme song. I was like, holy shit, they did the theme song from that 89 show. Uh, what'd you guys think of this? It was clever. That that website is actually real, too. You can go to. Yeah, you call the phone number. And yeah, the phone a, number's real. Yeah. It's like an old school uh, an old school ploy. You can go to smbplumbing.com, and it's their fucking Super Mario Brothers plumbing website, which is uh, amazing. Great viral marketing. Anthony, did you get a kick out of this? Hey, I mean, I, I'll give them credit in that they did something different, right? Yeah. You know, you're yeah. with a, a Super Bowl season where you have a lot of different trailers fighting for attention. Instead of releasing a conventional trailer, you just do a fun little commercial like this. And it was one of maybe three or four commercials overall that I remembered the most out of the out of the Super Bowl. So out of these trailers or all the commercials out of all the commercials what were the other ones that you remembered the most what stuck out there was two that were really sad about dogs oh which yeah. really hit me yeah <laughs> just because the of, dog of, that gr- they show your whole life and then she, yeah the dog yes. going old with oh you. That's, my god that oh, oh my god, god. yeah that because was terrible because right now my our dog joplin she's 13 and she's having issues and it made me think of her and i was like oh fuck yeah, that, that was a terrible commercial i, yeah. I wish they never showed that one it's that, for dog food uh, yeah um so they did that one they did another dog one i don't remember exactly what that one was the uh the amount of money that the Jesus Lover commercials oh. spent on. There was two he like he loves you Jesus commercials. Yeah, that I thought was crazy too. I was like, ah, huh, okay, that was interesting. And huh. then the one, the one that I think got everybody, including us, when we were watching it, was the Tubi commercial. I was gonna bring that up. Every, apparently, everybody freaked out because they everyone just... freaked out. We were. I literally was like, wait, who the fuck is playing with the remote oh, right now? Shit. That's awesome. That I love when they do that. Yeah, like the Tubi navigation popped up and it was yep. changing, and people thought they changing. Hit. Yeah, they were scrolling around. Didn't Marvel do that first in She Hulk, or did someone else do that before? They did in She Hulk. Yeah, they did. They, yeah, they did. They do. A, they did do a version of that in She Hulk. So on the last yeah, season, they, last they ripped the Marvel. I like you know, that. that was clever. That is breaking the digital fourth wall right there. It's great. All right. That's yeah, that's good. There were some memorable ones. But this uh, one was up there with all those. Okay. Okay. Super Mario Brothers theme song. Check out that theme song. I just played it and I was like, oh, it brought me back to being a fucking I totally watched this. Uh okay, let's move on to uh Transformers Rise of the Beast Super Bowl spot. This is coming out June 9th. Yeah, when this mo- when this one came on, I was like 
Is every commercial going to use like Biggie Smalls uh, in, yeah, in there? He did seem to be everywhere. <laughs> They're still using uh, the Biggie Smalls track. Yeah, I I believe uh, it looks pretty good. I remember uh, the Mirage Transformer not being a Porsche. Oh, and I think that was Jazz that was the Porsche. So that kind of pissed me off that they like used Mirage when it should have been Jazz. But well, that scene where it duplicates itself makes sense now. It's Mirage. Uh, but again, I love that you could see the fucking car parts. The designs look so much better. And I feel like Anthony, Anthony Ramos is very like, will be a good relatable point of view character, similar to how Haley Steinfeld was in the Bumblebee. Uh, Anthony, comment on this one. Uh, this one actually I found to be pretty generic. Didn't have much of an opinion on it. Biggest thing about it is the Beast Wars stuff, and they didn't really focus on it. So no. I was like, oh, this one's kind of a miss. Yeah, they just showed that same shot of the gorilla one. Right. Pounding his chest and a lot about Mirage. So, yeah, they said his name twice. I know. They got Mirage. Oh, speaking of saying things, how how many times did they say fucking family in that uh, Fast 10 trailer? Like three. I was counting. It was like four times. (laughs) It's a fucking family. We get it. That's what it's all about, baby. You got to say it every 30 seconds. That's what it's all about. Uh, So that's coming out in June. Uh, Let's move on to the next one, which is going to be. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Did uh, you get any kind of a geek voter over uh, this? I don't know. The title still makes me think of Dial Soap. Every time I read it and say it, I'm like, Dial of Destiny. What the fuck? I thought it was funny where he's like, I'm getting old. Remind me again. Are you still a Nazi? Like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and some good DA shots. I'm still in. It looks fun. I don't know. I have, like, no desire to see this movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's James Mangold. Uh, he's falling out of a plane with Phoebe. What's her name? Waller. Ridge. Is that yeah. Name? Uh, I'm, I'm still looking forward to this movie. June 30th, even though I was all right. Anthony, do anything for you? Uh, the only comment I have is my friends who I was watching this went, oh, they're making another one of those. Another one of those. That was that was it. That was Wait, all I got. What did the he comment mean? the common response? <laughs> what did he mean? Another Indiana Jones movie? Yeah, or just something another else? Indiana Jones. I was like, oh, they're doing that. Oh, all right, Doctor Jones. Cool. You got Sala. You got Sala in there going, go Indiana. Uh, yeah, it just it's just tough to. I mean, I think James Mangold's a really good director. I like I like the indie character. I like Harrison Ford, but. I mean, we know that Harrison Ford is like 80 years old. It's just tough to imagine him as a swashbuckling adventurer. Unless half the movie is like a flashback with the DH. Which they have teased the DHing a lot. So So I'm looking forward to that. But this is the last. This is officially his last Indiana Jones movie. So I think it's notable. Anyways, that's in June. Uh, Next one is a movie coming out real soon. Creed 3 Super Bowl spot coming out March 3rd in a few weeks. Uh, this one not showing too much, but Anthony, did it get you more hyped for this movie? I'm looking forward to this movie. I wouldn't say it got me more hyped, but the movie's coming out, I think, pretty soon. This one's yes. also in March? March 3rd. First weekend yeah, in March. Look at that. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it got me more hyped, but I've been been whelmed throughout the entire Creed saga here and, and this trailer. So, I'm in. Rugs comment. This, uh, this one do anything extra for you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to see it, but the trailer didn't really do much. I, the, uh, the previous trailer that I saw was more exciting than this one. It was, it was, this was a real quick kind of thing. I just feel like Jonathan Majors looks so much fucking bigger than Michael B. Jordan. It's astounding. 
I mean, they're similar, but I think I feel like he's he looks a little bit bigger. Well, he's that's re- irrelevant Jack. in in uh, in Rocky lore. It doesn't right. matter. Drago right, was so. bigger. That's right. Uh, Clubber Lang was bigger. Even even Drago Junior was bigger. Yeah. That, that, but it's all about speed and agility. Right. And your walk on music, which is very important. That's also very important. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to uh, this trailer for this movie. I didn't even know this was coming out, and I threw it in here because it was one of the Super Bowl spots. It is for a movie called Air that uh, shows the history of the shoe salesman that got Nike to brand Michael Jordan, who who, who bagged the Michael Jordan account, uh, which is, first of all, uh, that sounds like a great story. They dealt with this a little bit in Winning Time that HBO show about the Showtime Lakers uh, in that show, I guess it turned out Nike went to magic Johnson first and he turns them down and goes to Puma. So he could have been the first guy with Nike and he passed it up, uh, which is wild to think about, but Holy shit. You got this directed by Ben Affleck. You got Affleck and Damon reuniting. Right. But my first reaction was, this is like an SNL skit. <laughs> Do you think so? It didn't seem like a real movie at all. I'm like, okay, when is the joke? When is the commercial? Like, what was this for? Or a, Nike. a Nike commercial. Right. It could have been a Nike commercial. No, uh, at, and I was like, wow, this is really long for a Nike commercial. And I'm like, oh, it's a real movie? Get out of here. This is not real. And uh, I found out that it was it's real. real. Affleck's playing Phil Knight. You got Viola Davis playing Michael Jordan's mother. Uh, Anthony, did this give you geek boner at all? This, uh, this looks fun. My, my friends are pretty hyped about this one. I have to admit, I'm a little more reserved on it. That being said, if it's good, I'll probably watch it. And this might be uh, one of those that the Oscars picks up. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ben Affleck directing this. It's coming out in April, so like it'll be you know, Ben Affleck is Phil Knight, Matt man. Damon is Sonny Vaccaro. Those are big names within the sports industry. So. Chris Tucker, Marlon Wayans, also in yeah. this movie. So a lot of big names. Yeah, uh, Sonny Vaccaro is famous. He's the salesman, right? Who like he con- is convinces uh, Jordan's parents, I believe, is the right. story. Uh, no, I love shit like this, like historical sports, you know, biopics or whatever you want to call it. Just like Winning Time was amazing. This looks fun. And Affleck, He's the guy that signed uh, Jordan in the, the he's, deal. Okay, he signed Jordan, Sonny. Uh, but yeah, just like the beginning of an empire and the, the, you know making a brand out of yeah, Michael it Jordan. Made, it made Jordan a brand. It made Nike what it is today. I mean, Nike was big, but not it wasn't that big until right? Michael Jordan came around. Yeah. They, they made a shoe on a guy. They, they decided to make a shoe for a guy that hadn't even played a pro game yet. Right, yeah, he brings that up in the in the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, this is a fucking great story." Jason Bateman also in this. Chris Messina, uh, April fifth on my birthday. Uh, this comes out your fifty so, seventh birthday. Hap- yes, my seventy fifth birthday. Hey, I look pretty good for sixty four. <laughs> Whatever the fuck age I am, I forget. I stopped counting. Uh, anyways, okay, let's move on to the final two, the two big ones. We can spend some time. The first one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, a new trailer, second trailer, a full trailer. But this one really hitting home the uh, idea that uh, some or all of these people are not surviving this movie. There's many lines in here. They also say family. This movie is also about family. Uh, Anthony, take us through this one. What'd you like in this one? I thought it was a solid trailer. I mean, 
it didn't show it showed you know some other stuff i thought the first trailer for this was better to be honest okay this one in terms of sparking the emotion it this one focuses a little bit more on the plot with the high high evolutionary looks like he's the main bad guy yes i mean i like the guardians franchise and this is gun's last marvel movie for now so and the team's last i'm in i mean I, i wouldn't say i was blown away but I, they didn't need to do much to get me interested for this. I actually, I like the high evolutionary bits because I wanted, I needed to know a little bit more. And they explained that what his mission is to create the perfect society and see him kind of. Well, doesn't it like that? But then he's, they say he wants to create the perfect society. He's like, he just didn't like. What yeah. He had. Then Rocket says it's not about being perfect. He just didn't like things. But you see him experimenting on a young raccoon. Uh, and a lot of lines about, you know, I'll ride with you to the end. We're all going to fucking die together or whatever. Uh, Ruggs, what'd you get out of this? Anything? If they all die, it'll be the best movie ever. Well, I think. Do you think they're going <laughs> to kill everybody? Does anybody survive? Uh, I don't know. It's on, They're on record. Batista's on record as saying he doesn't want to do the role anymore. He gone. I think a, uh, Gamora's actress. What's her name again? Uh, Zoe Saldana. She's on record as saying she doesn't like doing these anymore. Oh, she gone. So she might be gone. Um, and then you can kill Rocket and Groot. Like those are the two that might stick around. Oh, you could because you could franchise that. What about Peter yeah. Quill? You think Chris Pratt's done? I think they get him. I think you. You what you do is you do some sort of storyline where he gets to be happy with Gamora and they get to live the rest of their life together. I mean, there's a shot in here where they're all walking and 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 Nebula is it looks like she's carrying Pratt's body. Yeah, that's a red herring. Of course. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. But that's the same like where the uh never uh what's that place called? Never the the with the Celestial. Nowhere. Nowhere. Yes, we saw in the uh holiday special. That's their base. I thought it had some funny lines where he goes you know, I fell in love with a girl. She died, and then she came back a total dick. <laughs> and Nebula's like, that's about the gist of it. Yeah, and that was that on the Super Bowl commercial on like primetime dick? Uh, no, well, they should. No, I think they did the thing where they showed like a 30 second spot and they were like, go watch the oh, trailer. Okay. Right? Because in that 30 yeah. second spot, there's that scene where Drax is trying to get comfortable on the couch. He's lying down. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. And Peter Quill's like, that's not a bed. He's like, I find it hard to believe it can't be for multiple things. <laughs> he sits up. I also love the the end bit where he's staring at Nebula and and she's she's looking at her eyes and she's like, "My father put these in and tortured." He goes, "Well, he picked a pretty set." Well, yeah, he says, uh, "I just noticed how black your eyes are. How black they were. They're so pretty." And then you get a quick shot of Adam Warlock like fighting Drax. It looks like, uh, so yeah, the big the big farewell for the Guardians. This one's gonna be fun. May fifth. Volume three. And that brings us to the big one. The movie nobody thought was actually happening. Holy shit, it's happening. I'm talking about the new Batman movie that for some reason they've titled The Flash. What? I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, that's kind of a mis- misnamed movie, whatever. Yes, the fucking Flash movie put out its first trailer. This movie is actually happening. And I'm uh, I. I have a lot to say. I just, who wants to start? I'm going to start with Anthony. Let's go. After all the hubbub and all the drama, we've seen it. I I will say right off the bat, this trailer looks pretty awesome. Dude. I thought it looked great. I thought, yes, I was pleasantly surprised. There was a lot of rumors that they had cut out Keaton and maybe they'd 
rumors they cut out Affleck? I don't remember really. I know they were rumors they cut out Keaton, but this looks like a fun romp. Uh, they're touching upon some DC stuff that we've seen on screen, Man of Steel and yeah. Keaton's Batman and there's an interesting you know storyline of him going back to another maybe a timeline where his mom is alive and he has to convince his other self that that's wrong and is that like maybe that they have to get rid of his mom in that timeline too it just looked like there was a lot going on but it looked fun it looked nostalgic it looked properly kind of epic for what they've been telling us it's going to be i mean i don't know if it's the best movie of all time like gun just said but he didn't say that, but he said he was really good. He said it was the great. He said it was the greatest comic book movie ever. There you go. He did. Say I don't know that. if it's that, but could be. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised by the trailer, and uh, it it went from making this movie something where I was like, ah, oh, this movie's coming out. I don't really care. Just get it out so Gun can start his universe. To now I'm going, oh man, maybe maybe they got something there. So mission accomplished. I mean, a few weeks ago we talked about our three most anticipated movies of this year. Rugs, you had this at number 1. I had it at 3. It has now moved to number 1. So, yeah, so the whole idea was uh, it's going to be a trash fire no matter what. But um you had Zaslav give it a pass. Now this dude was like scorching the earth at, at DC at Warner Brothers and he left this one alive. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, what does that mean? Then Gun comes out obviously going to give it good lip service, but um, seemed genuine in a way when, when he said it, I was like, hmm, could this be true? Could this be good? And then we see the trailer. So right now, if they're masking the, this thing's a piece of shit, they're doing a great job. They're doing a damn All good right? job. So uh, they've managed to kind of circumvent a lot of the problems. They put Keaton uh, really up front yep. in this trailer. Smart. Makes you think it's a Batman movie. Yes, might as well be. Uh, yeah, they did some cute shit there. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be good. And they even kind of give you the whole Supergirl thing. It's like you they're in a world where there's no metahumans. And then Zod shows up. And then finally they go, oh, there's a, there is a Kryptonian here. And they go and uh, bust her out. And it just ends up being Kara. Yeah. So. And, and she looks badass. Dude, I, this, I loved, I watched this several times. I kind of dig everything about it. The suit. Well, you're the big, you're the big Keaton Batman. Guy, well, right? yeah. Aside from that, let's talk. I thought if the flash suit looks a lot better. I did mm. not like that other one that we saw in justice league. This suit looks dope. The two Barry bit reminded me a little bit of back to the future, but also you see the scenes from flashpoint, uh, the comic from 2011. And we've, this is like the third time. They've done this on the screen. There's an animated movie. They did it on the CW show. And now the you, we got it live action. You got the the ring with the suit in it. That's great. Fucking Zod. Michael Shannon looks amazing. And yes, Michael Keaton's bad. He says the fucking line. Yeah. I'm Batman. He says the I'm Batman line. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my man. God. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> he looks amazing the suit they looks co- they amazing. have the music cue too which yes is really the nice danny line. elfman music comes in and i was all in i was like oh fuck they got me uh and affleck's batman is in here and spoilers so why do you think there's two batmans well if there's two berries if he reset if he goes to a, another timeline yeah this I think is, he went to another timeline. that's this timeline's batman and where there's a, a supergirl and i thought the supergirl look uh, sasha kylie looked great 
she probably won't get to continue in the movie that J- Gunn is planning. But oh, maybe he's in. Oh, this makes sense. So maybe at Batfleck is in the current timeline where the Flash is before he decides to go into the other timeline. Right. That's what I think. Yes. The that's, previous timeline. Yes, that's in the beginning. I, I think before that's he, what happens yeah. where he goes into another timeline sees that version of Batman also goes to another timeline where Zod is attacking, but it's not super boy, Superman. It's Supergirl. You think those are di- three different timelines? I think it's just two. I think it's but, just two. I, I don't know. I mean, then, then they, you'd be saying you'd be implying if it was two timelines that Michael Keaton's Batman and Henry Cavill's Superman are in the same universe. Well, or not Henry it, Cavill, but um, yeah, no, well, Henry Cavill. No, no, Superman. no, yeah. no. In that universe, what I get is that, he says there's no metahumans. Yeah. So the only person that's around that's fighting people is Batman. Right. 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 So they go find Batman and then Batman's like probably knows. Yes. You know, Batman knows everything. Yes. That there's a Kryptonian. Yes. And that's locked up somewhere and he goes and frees her. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I think was happening too. like, yeah. you know, Batman. Well, the only thing is maybe it's very possible. I just I think that that's the universe where where Kal-El never made it here. But then the Zod thing looks so f- familiar to the Man of Man of Steel. Man of Steel, like I think the ship I is think the it's thing. supposed to. I think it's supposed to like look exactly like. But what then happened. it's Keaton's Batman in that. Did they like? Are they saying that Keaton's Batman in the future had a Zod show up? And yeah, yeah. Like so, they just, maybe there's the same Zod in both timelines. Right. Just different things mm. happen. It was cool. Yeah. It's possible spoilers. You guys, did you hear this? According to Grace Randall. Wait, 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 wait. Is this known spoilers? I mean, she tweeted it out. Okay, tell us. I know it already. I'm going to hit the spoiler is, alert it, button. It, it, it's, spoiler really, alert. It's, really, it's really not going to change your life. It's not, but it may be spoilery. She says there is a possible third Batman in the movie, and that it may be George Clooney. Oh, oh. shit. Well, there was one shot where they were on the Bat cycle, and it honestly looked like... Bale? Bale's Batman. Because I, I don't remember that cycle bat cycle being in either of but these that, versions but that but that the cowl looks like affleck batman no, that's the batfleck universe yeah. that's in regular that's in the regular snyder verse there was a bat cycle i don't remember that no no but it, it's it's batfleck it's batfleck, it's batfleck. yeah they i mean Maybe, we, yeah, probably we probably didn't see the bat cycle so they're just going to introduce one but did you notice his suit is like blue and gray it looks kind of dope like i right first time we get to see like a blue and gray suit well that's post justice league batfleck Yes, after all that shit. Uh, no, and I even love the funny tag at the end where Kara introduces herself and Barry's like, we're Barry. <laughs> <laughs> June 16th, you also see the 89 Batplane. And if there was another TV 30-second uh, spot that had a little bit of extra footage in there, you see Supergirl kind of float over to Zod to face off with him. You see a room full of Michael Keaton's bat suits. You see Supergirl going, what did you do? And you see the 89 fucking Batmobile, which is dope as fuck. So uh, I can't wait to see Keaton back as Batman. It's amazing. couple of fun facts about this. Ezra Miller was cast as The Flash on October 15th, 2014. Holy shit. One week after The Flash TV show premieres. The movie coming out June 16th, nine years later, and will be one month after the Flash TV show airs its last fucking episode. Wow. That's quite cool. a journey. Hmm. All I got to say is they went they went hard on this trailer during the Super Bowl. 
and I think it worked because although a lot of people are going to be talking about Batman, it's got people talking. Yeah. And it for me, I mean, a lot of casual fans don't even know that Ezra Miller's had all this stuff happen. It's that's true. And when I was watching it with a bunch of casual fans, when they saw Keaton on the screen, they're like, wait a minute, he's yeah. back as Batman. Yeah. Like that alone got a lot of people interested, I think. I think it was smart to heavily feature Batman. I think you're right. I think the majority maybe, you know, we're not following all the drama. And uh, they're just like, oh, fuck, Keaton's back. Uh, another fun fact, 34 years ago in 1989, when the first Batman came out, it went up against that summer, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. They're both battling it out again 34 years later in the theaters. Batman versus Indy, which is, I don't know what year this is, but 89 right. was a great year for fucking movies. Uh, yeah, I'm all in. Okay, so having gone through all of those, let's, uh, Anthony, you wanted to rank these. Who wins this game? Yeah, of not maybe not a full ranking, but just Super Bowl trailer. I think the top the, two. Let's do. I think the winner is obvious and easy for me yeah it's the, the fucking flash absolutely the flash all the way wins this thing everybody's talking about this it's fucking it's great i'll, I'll put it, it like it's this. guardians and flash for yeah. me like those yeah. are the two that stuck out as yeah i would okay. say the flash guardians stood out for me i think the super mario's brothers one just for how creative it was yeah and i thought the fast 10 one stood out Oh yeah, that would be. I would put that in third, just because of how over the top it was. Everything yeah. else was fine, but those are the ones for those are my standouts. Yeah, I agree. I guess I think those 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 three did win. Uh, but man, a lot of fun stuff across the board coming out in the next few months to keep us busy. Uh, the Flash, dude. Yeah, I can't wait for this movie. <laughs> this is the Danny Elfman music. That's all it took. I don't care. Show it to me now. All right, let's take a quick break here. We're going to play some promos and come back with another listener-sponsored movie review. This one's from the 80s. It's a lot of fun right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Big on America. Your organization's terrible. Hey, guys, this is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with... Big Hops. Do you have and to say your name so weird? How <laughs> you want me to say? <laughs> and I'm also here with Mikey Famine. The extruser. Pro- excru- excuser. Do <laughs> it over. No, it's staying. No, it's staying the way it is because this is the way the show is. Big on America here, we explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. Uh, a little bit about us. I'm your resident brother of the league. <laughs> I we love America so much that I demand she be better through constant criticism and protest. Thank you. And uh, in your Obama voice, Mikey. I don't oh. like Obama. Of course you don't. You also don't like bathing and healthy meals. What Dig on America is, is it's a healthy criticism of a country. <laughs> we America's already perfect. You should know we're perfect just like my hands. Well, I mean, a lot of people might say that, but those people probably haven't gone to school or brushed their teeth today. So um, <laughs> we're going to ignore them. But yeah, check out our show. It's unbeholden to any um, corporate overlords, except for Jay-Z, the Bilderberg yeah. Foundation. George Soros sponsored. George Soros, the Clinton yeah. Foundation. Absolutely. And uh, let's not forget Emotep. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out our website, digonamerica.com. You can check out all of our audio. We're on every single fucking audio podcast app there uh, is out there, yeah, Pandora, Spotify. 
Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. I won't. Go fuck yourself. On America. Doc and Listener, if you enjoy the show, join our fun Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! And you can give back and support the show on a monthly or annual basis. Uh, and you get benefits such as an exclusive RSS podcast feed where the show comes out early. Bonus content. You can come hang out with us once a month on our fun Discord hangout where everybody gets drunk and has a good time. Not everybody. Uh, but we geek out, lots of fun, and you can, uh, oh, this month, it's next week, Thursday, February 23rd, 8 p.m., I'm going to keep reminding people. And there's a tier where you can choose any movie to force us to watch and review, and we've done two of those in the past two weeks. We're going to do one more this uh, this week, but if any of that sounds like fun, head on over to com slash Patreon, link in the show description. Okay, this week's Patreon-sponsored review is of... The 1982 John Carpenter cult classic called The Thing. We're going to do The Thing. Here's your spoilers. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. And this one sponsored by dedicated to Patreon supporter Jay Davis, who uh, he's been a patron for 47 months. Thank you, Jay Davis. And he wrote in saying after hearing the jock hadn't seen the thing, I think that is one I'd like to see y'all review. I never looked at a dog the same way again as a kid. I didn't understand that at the time, but now I absolutely understand what he's talking about. Uh, On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is at an 84%, 7.5 out of 10 uh, average rating, 92% audience rating. The movie was made for... $15 $15 million, which, and it went over budget. So for 82, that's a lot of money for an R rated. Oh, 15 million? 15 million. It, it, I didn't realize it cost that much. Well, wow. it wasn't supposed to. I believe the budget started at like eight, and uh, we'll get into it. The effects oh, wow. of such things ended up costing more money. And it only made $19.6 million in the box office. Kind of a critical and commercial. People hated it. Flop there. Yes, but goes on to attain cult status and notoriety on home video and wherever it's streaming now. Uh, this one is a, d- directed by the great John Carpenter. We may know from such things as The Fog, Halloween, Escape from New York, and Escape from L.A. They Live, Big Trouble in Little China, all those fun movies. Written by Bill Lancaster, screenplay, story by John W. Campbell Jr., uh, and it is uh, the story is based off this 1938 John W. Campbell Jr. novella titled Who Goes There? That was turned into a movie in 51 called The Thing from Another World. And that's where we get the title of this one. They just reduced it to The Thing starring. It's got a great cast. Young ass Kurt Russell in the lead as McCready. Uh, Wilfred Brimley's son's mustache was very strange to see him. <laughs> Pre-diabetes. Pre-diabetes yeah. Brimley without a mustache. I didn't even yeah. recognize him. He probably has diabetes. Oh, I'm sure he had it there. <laughs> it's just more controlled. Uh, Keith David, who is in a lot of Carpenter movies, along with Kurt Russell, one of Carpenter's favorites. Uh, you got uh, as He plays Childs. You got Richard Masur as Clark. T.K. Carter as Knowles. This guy. 
was everywhere in the 80s and 90s on TV. I saw him all the time on Punky Brewster, 227. Uh, he would do a cameo in all these shows, The Nanny, yeah. Moesha. I was like, I know the guy, a different world. Fucking TK Carter has been in everything. He's great. Uh, we also have David Clennon as Palmer, Richard Dysart as Dr. Carper, Charles Hallahan as Vance Norris, Peter Maloney as Bennings, Donald Moffat as Gary, and Joel Polis as Fuchs. Oh, and the, and Thomas G. Waits with the greatest character name I've heard in a while. Windows. Just Windows. It's great. I love it. Uh, there's your main plot. Anthony, have you ever seen this movie before? I had not, no. Uh, that's your main characters, I meant to say. Not plot. What I meant to say to you is give us the plot of what happens in well, The Thing. The Thing is about some dudes up in Antarctica. I guess they're studying stuff down there. And... They're studying, they're from America, and they come across some Norwegian people shooting at a dog for no reason, and they get into a little conflict with these Norwegian people, take in the dog, and all of a sudden shit starts to go sideways, and they encounter an alien that can mimic them, and they're dealing with the alien, but they're also dealing with the mistrust of not knowing who's who and who has the thing in them. So Who's the thing? paranoid alien horror sci-fi film it's yeah. clobbering time it's, oh not that it's thing. not that no, not, that it's not ben Grimm. <laughs> i thought it was gonna be i thought this movie was gonna be about ben Grimm. i was very old blue eyes yeah sure this is also gerald morris's wild card pick uh the one i think that got him a lot of votes that put him over the edge in our science fiction tournament yeah and it is a sci-fi movie but i feel like this is the first horror movie we've reviewed because it is first probably not. I no, think, we no. didn't pray. That's a horror. Movie. Is that considered horror? I mean, this is clearly sci-fi a horror. Horror, yeah. sci-fi mystery. Okay, maybe you're right. But I would say this one leans. This is the most horror-leaning one we've done. Sure. Uh, so, Anthony, let me ask you this: first time watching it in other than that wolf guy movie. What was that? Oh wolf yeah, cop? wolf, wolf cop. cop. Yeah, no, that was. I don't know what that was. <laughs> no, I don't know what the hell bestiality. That was. that was more bestiality. That was wolf dick. <laughs> uh, what do you uh, where how are you feeling once the movie's over? Did you enjoy this? I watched this for the first time the other day, and I've seen a, a decent amount of Carpenter films, and lately, especially with this Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, They Live, Now yep. This. I've seen Halloween. I've seen Escape from L.A. Yeah. So I've seen a decent amount of Carpenter films. Never seen this, and after I turned off this movie, I went. It was a damn near a masterpiece. <laughs> Oh, this is the kid. best Carpenter film I've seen. I fucking loved it. One of the best it. films I've ever seen. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Uh, you have No one sets a mood or an atmosphere with just the way things are shot and the music choices like Carpenter. This is definitely puts you, throws you right into it. The, the, the paranoia, you, you totally understand why everyone can't trust each other. It's a horrifying thing. Great practical effects ending that just makes you question you know what even happened yeah and yeah i mean just all-time film uh you know what i'm gonna i i have to concur this is the first time i actually watched this myself and i was like oh my god this is a fun oh, wow you've never seen this I, movie? no i've heard of oh it uh, and i never sat down to actually watch it but i uh, all the same shit dude great tension great paranoia confusion mistrust love the creature effects grotesque and clearly practical, but like disturbing and moist and wet and drippy. Everything Hangs you wanted. 
I mean, you got men on fire stunts, like amazing. And the script is very good. You get all the characters. It gets right into it. Uh, yeah, this was, I could see why uh, people love this movie. Rugs, what's your history with this movie? Uh, as I, when I was a kid, I used to hang out with this guy who watched all these, like, he was, he was a film major type dude. And, uh, he made me watch a bunch, like Clockwork Orange, all these fucking crazy ass movies. And this was one of them where he's like, you gotta watch this movie. And he had it on Laserdisc, I think. And he was like, you gotta watch this movie. So I sat down and I watched this film and I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was like a good solid movie, but I didn't realize how good it was at that moment. Like, as I said, sometimes you need to watch something again and just and put it in perspective of all the stuff that's come and how like ahead of their time these effects were and how like just the mood, the music, John Carpenter did it all. I didn't really realize that he was like kind of in the mix making this film, you know, even writing it and all that. He had a hand in everything. So, um yeah, I was really, really impressed with it. I was like, wow, this really is better than I remember it being. And I can't say that for a lot of movies. Uh, sometimes when I watch something, I might really liked it. Oh my God, it's kind of sucks. But, uh, this was good. Like Kurt Russell was good in it. Yeah. Um, Wilford Brimley was good. At it. My favorite part of the whole movie, my favorite thing in the whole movie yeah. is the computer. Oh, that the, Wilford the Brimley. Yeah, that tells him like what's going to happen yes. in the future. I'm like, where the fuck is that? Like, what is that computer? Like, knowing all this shit. It was a very specific computer program, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was, was like, like percentage of someone being infected around you, 75%. I can remember. I'll tell you one thing. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, well, if the alien wants to get to whatever, just get in the helicopter and go. Like, why is it it's destroying everything? Like, it, it had a completely a lot of opportunities to just get the fuck up out of there and go to other people. But it didn't do that. I was like, that was weird. But um, I guess he can't ride a helicopter if it looks like a dog. Well, I think it's smart for it to be a dog. And the whole beginning is wild because I'm like, why are you shooting at this dog? I was yeah, like, run, I little was, doggy. I was thinking that. The same I was thing. like, get the fuck out of there. What are you doing? Don't leave that dog alone. And, the, and then the fucking Norwegian guy blows up his own helicopter by accident. And the funny thing is, if you translate that Norwegian. He actually gives you the whole plot to the movie right there up front. So if you were a Norwegian and watched this, he goes, that that's not a dog. It's an alien. Get away from it. He's going to kill everybody, basically, is what he said. You know what? I kind of blanked out, and I forgot the whole thing that where they went to the flying saucer. Yeah. I forgot about that whole scene. I thought it only took place in the uh, in that remote area. They never left it. I mean, it's For some reason yeah. to block that out. It's cool. It starts with, you know, an alien spacecraft kind of burning into the atmosphere. And you don't realize, we, you know, that's probably like hundreds of thousands of years ago, like they said. Uh, but then that dog, it just I was like, it's brilliant for this thing to be a dog because no one's going to mistrust it. That what were some of your favorite scenes? Can we just start with the dog transformation scene? It was fucking wild. Oh, all well, that spaghetti that comes out of it. Oh, it's crazy. God, the tendrils. Yeah, but that one. I mean, I wouldn't say favorite. I would. I don't think I'd describe any of the alien scenes as favorite, but <laughs> just impressive. Well, just well yeah, done. definitely impressive, and definitely you just feel bad for all the dogs in there. It's like, oh my god, this like, thing's shooting at all these dogs. Shooting dogs. He was a beautiful husky. That one dog's trying to like break the fence with its teeth. That was yeah. a great little detail. Like he's making a hole big enough, and then the thing starts like pissing on him or something, uh, and yeah, absorbing just, him. Yeah, it shoots something at him, like whatever no, that, that is. That scene is crazy. I mean. There's so many different scenes with that one. Um, 
when the guy's head comes off and becomes yeah, like well, a head comes off and starts crawling away upside down. Thing, that whole chest chomping scene was also like these fucking practical effects were Insane. so impressive. Do you know what they did for that scene? I, uh, I read a little background. They hired a double amputee for the close-up shot and put fake arms on him so that when the thing clamped on his arms, he could just pull back and rip oh, the arms yeah. off. And yeah. I think for a quick second, you see that guy like flailing around. So like no green screen CG computer no. effects, right? You had to do all this mechanically. Yeah, you had to be really resourceful. Well, that not only that, but that also gives the actors something to actually look at. Yes. Yeah. You know, they feel like it's they're there. I read. I also did a little research and I read that or heard that Carpenter on set made everything turn down the 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 heat to make it forty degrees. Yes. So they actually felt like they were in the cold. Yeah. They filmed some of it in Alaska and then on refrigerated sets to get right. it cool. So let's give props to the the guy who did the creature effects. His name is Rob Botton. Uh, and he has worked with John Carpenter on The Fog and, the, and this movie. He's worked with Paul Verhoeven on RoboCop. He did Total Recall, Basic Instinct. And he worked with David Fincher on Seven and Fight Club, as well as Inner Space, Legend, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And yeah, just utilizing actual like rubber and liquids. And holy shit, the fucking the shit looked amazing. Yeah, it looked. I was blown away. I was like, man, this movie is an 82 and it's still it doesn't. There's not. The only scene that really doesn't hold up is the beginning flying saucer scene in right, space. Right. That's about the only thing. Everything oh, yeah. else. Yeah. I'm I watch it and I go, wow. Like even the scene where they see this flying saucer in the ice. Like yeah. I believe that's a matte painting. It's probably a matte painting, but it looked good. And they it looked good with them yeah. crawling in there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a good sense of dread when Will when Wilford Brimley talks to the computer and it's like the whole world's gonna get taken over and you're like, oh, shit, like they can't let this thing live. They have to like stop it at all costs. And then you realize that's what the Norwegians were were doing. Or were they Norwegian? They were Norwegian. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. what did Kirk, Kurt Russell think it was? It was uh, he kept something else. Swedes, Swedes, Swedes or like yeah. Swedish. Yeah. yeah. He's like, they're Norwegian. He doesn't know what the fuck they are. <laughs> so here's the question I had about the thing. If you're the thing, do you know you're the thing? And w- were there more than once? I kind of loved how it didn't really have a form. It was just kind of, you would see it assimilate like a dog, like a head would come out of its body. It had people head and dog heads. It was just made up of these forms of things that assimilated. But I wasn't sure that like, do you, if you are the thing, do you know, do you think you're the thing? I think it just tries to survive. I think the whole, that's the whole gist of it is just, it's just doing whatever it takes to survive. So when it is inside of human, it's doing enough to not be noticed to survive. And then you notice when he like lights up the blood. The blood test scene is great. Yeah, the, the, there's like individual parts of it that just all want to survive. So that's why the blood runs away or the head runs away. Yeah. Or even when they notice that there's no way, situation of getting. So Wilford Brimley's character destroys all the transportation. Yeah, and the communications. So, right. So then the thing realizes that there's no way of getting out of here. But the only way to survive is to fucking freeze and go back into a deep freeze again. Oh, right. Right. So yes. like, it wanted to freeze that's, itself. That, whether it, whether it knows it's the thing or not, it just wants to survive. Yeah, that blood test scene was great because, like, I love that the tension was great. Who's actually going to be the thing? And you know how right. it turns out, he shot two dudes that weren't infected. And then that dude was that Bennings or was that I forgot who that character was. That when he fucking comes out as the thing and they torture him and he starts eating windows. Oh, great effects! 
Uh, and I mean, a lot of subtle things I love. Like you hear they're playing Superstition by Stevie Wonder. First of all, great song. Second of all, very appropriate for the theme of the movie. Just the paranoia and the mistrust between everyone was so great. So well done. I read, too, that in the first scene where you can see the, the dog going into the room with the shadow, they purposely cast a guy for that shadow that actually wasn't in the movie. Oh. So that you really couldn't, you could kind of imply who it might be, but right. it, it wasn't actually anyone's profile. Yeah, and Brimley's character starts to, uh, you know, suspect Clark because he spent a lot of time. He was like the yeah. dog handler. But, man, I never thought I would see a movie. Like, I loved Uncle Doobie, Brimley on, uh, uh, for Brimley on horseback with a fucking bow and arrow. But to see him wrecking shit with a fucking axe was amazing. Just I never thought I'd see Wilford Ridley just smashing At that point, he's not the thing, right? He's just gone nuts. Yes, because he knows. He knows what the probability is of this. But then at some point, he becomes the thing. At the end. Somebody as the thing goes and visits him, I think. Oh, that's how he got out. That's when he's building the flying saucer. Yes. To like, I thought to escape or to get frozen. But that's when he escapes. It's creepy, like. It's, the whole movie is so bleak and nihilistic and dark. Like he has a noose there. He just put up oh, a yeah. noose. He's like, just in case. The Carpenter's movies. A lot of them are all like that. I mean, the only one that I've seen recently that wasn't nihilistic like that was uh big trouble. Like That's they true. live, has they a live very, like, like that. Yeah. Dark tone escape from New York has a very nihilistic tone. Obviously Halloween is a very nihilistic tone. I've never seen the fog. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. I got to watch the fog. And I've seen the the remake of Precinct on Thirteen, which I liked. I'll salt on Precinct Thirteen. I had to watch the original because that's Carpenter as well. Oh, that's John Carpenter too. Yeah. Uh, it's, but yeah, this movie's fucking great. <laughs> it, so let's talk about that ending. The ending was a shot. Shot. They shot multiple endings and tested, and he ultimately leaves it ambiguous. Childs, Keith David, and McCready, the only two surviving. Mm-hmm. We are led to kind of believe. Maybe Childs is the thing, and I guess they ultimately just die in the cold after blowing everything up. Uh, was yeah. Childs the thing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it matters. Okay. I think the point I, is I, to I mean, be it's ambiguous. a fun thought, thought exercise in that I think he could have been the thing as well, but it's more about the fact that these guys just, the all the mistrust yeah. that occurred because of this thing has now just left them in a situation where everyone, I mean, it's just all they're all dead. They made a remake. It's not a remake. It's, it's a, prequel. a prequel. It's about the Norwegians before yeah. this. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. What happens to the Norwegians? How they try to stop the thing? Oh, shit. The, the only thing that was holding me back from thinking this was a masterpiece was the there was one scene where at the end where it's Car- uh, Russell's character along with the two guys. I forget what they were. The captain and the other guy. Was it Gary? Yeah, where they're setting up all the bombs to yes, blow up everything, yes. and, and, and and they split Nulls. up, and I'm and, like, yeah. why would you split up? You all know that each other is not the thing. Yes. You should all just do shit together. They, yes, you tested the blood. That's true. But what's, so That was the only yeah. thing where I'm like, these characters acted dumb in that moment. What's this funny about that is, you're right, Gary goes off, and then Brimley, well, Blair thing grabs him and like shoves his hand in his face. Yeah. It's so disturbing. Right. And then, if you notice, Nalls goes looking for Gary... And yeah. he just disappears, and you never see him again. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. He got thinged as well. I he think. got thinged. He got absorbed, probably, right? Yeah. It was just odd. I was like, what the fuck happened to Nulls? Uh, and then the great end scene, and the final form of this thing is great, where the dog comes out of the stomach. There are some clues in that very last scene that you can 
uh, deduce. So if you notice, McCready, Kurt Russell, you could see his breath clearly in the cold. And when Childs is talking, you don't see breath. You see a little bit, but that could also be lighting. But you could read. There's also something Carpenter said about the highlight in people's eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they don't have them, they're the thing. And there's also the fact that McCready offers him to drink out of his bottle, his beer, and he takes it. When earlier they were like, everyone should make their own food. Nobody drink from anybody else's thing. So if he was the thing, he wouldn't know or give a fuck. And he and he takes a sip. Yeah, those are good clothes. Also, they survived, and he could probably needs a drink. So it could go either way, but I do. I kind of love this <laughs> ambiguous ending that will like people have been debating this for fucking thirty years or thirty plus years. Rugs, gun yes. to your head, the thing, sci-fi or horror movie. Why can't it be both? I know that's this is why it's it's both. But what, what if you had to pick one genre? It's it's more a horror movie than a sci-fi movie, but I mean it it. You can make a case for both. I mean, it's got yeah, aliens. I would agree with you. Aliens and spaceship. That makes it sci-fi inherently. I think it's more horror. I think it's but you can take that sci-fi. whole thing out and have the same movie, though. Right. I think the 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 it's built around the scares and the and the body horror. Yeah, and all that. It just has the alien. Like you can make the same it. movie and say that instead of an alien, it's a demon. Right. Right, it could have been something from the Earth was a parasitic form coming out. Yeah, uh, but it's they, built around the paranoia that it creates. Yes, of being of being the shapeshifter. And it's, it's fucking it, good, man. It's interesting because this is 1982, right? The height of like the Cold War, mm-hmm. and it just the, he's he's reflecting the paranoia, the mistrust. Uh, what's interesting is the, the you know the movie bombs, and he's actually said that he felt it hurt his career, it hurt his confidence. But looking back, he does say it's one of his favorite movies. After this, he loses the job of directing Stephen King's Firestarter. And Universal mm. buys him out of his multi-picture contract. And we have to keep in mind, too, that this movie comes out the same year as E.T. Not just the same year. A fucking week after. Like, two yeah. weeks after E.T. And, like... So everyone's the, on the good alien yes. vibes. And then you throw this alien movie where it's disgusting and I mean, it's it's bleak and dark yeah. and you know this and is people just didn't get it just weren't ready for well that. i mean Al- i mean the first alien had come out i figured that that would have you set the right. tone right 79 but you this is thought, yeah this is reagan's america everything needs to be hopeful and whatever well i mean the concept isn't original like, evasion of the body snatchers sure. is the same yeah. thing and there you know there was the the thing from outer space oh they're all like the same kind of doppelganger movie just this one has more just abject horror with with the monster like absorbing the body and you're seeing it like uh in in detail so i I also have to imagine that just a lot of people the first time you see the thing it's fucking dogs up yeah no one wants to see dogs get fucked up and then he goes (laughs) and kills all the dogs later and i was like oh my god they're fucking shooting dogs. They're killing dogs. No it one is, wants to see that. It's dark. Nobody. It's also. You know what else came out the same week? This came out. Fucking Blade Runner. So. Oh wow. It had a lot of competition in different that's, areas. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah Blade Runner didn't do that great either. It, I don't it, think it got. No, that was also probably rated R. But no, ET. Neither did Conan the Barbarian. None of these movies. Poltergeist, maybe. Dude, eighty-two maybe, was a great year for movies. But like all of these movies that you're calling out yeah, here yeah. in this list, Tron, Mad Max, like 2. that wasn't that was not a big that was not a big hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, 
Conan. Uh, Gandhi also came out this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tootsie, an officer and a gentleman. 82. Rock, like, Tootsie was probably the biggest Rocky movie of the three, year. Rocky 3, 48 Hours, The Poltergeist. 48 Hours, three. First Blood, Stallone, yeah. or Rambo, First yeah. Blood. 82 wow, what a year. is a big year. I, if we're gonna Star do, Trek 2, Wrath of yes, Khan, yes. 82. Listen, if we're doing year movie drafts and tournaments, 82 and 89 definitely have to be in there somewhere. And then we got to do like an 86 or an 84. There's a Greece. bunch of years. Yeah. Halloween 3. Wow. Yeah. Big year. year. 82. Sophie's King, Choice. The King of Comedy, 82. Officer Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Fast Times came out in 82. Yes. That's, this is an amazing year. Amazing Monsters. For movies. The Toy. Wow. This is a great year. So, what and, a year. The, yeah. No. That's a, that's a, yeah. I guess there was just a lot of competition, too, right? Yeah. And at that point, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of movies like The Thing, and it just... People just weren't weren't having it. It's weird when people when when movies carry on have a life of their own after. I always yeah. like, find that interesting. Yeah, I just think if enough people uh, know it's good, they they show it to other people like you got to see this fucking shit, mm-hmm. and then it just becomes a uh, home video thing. Home video, and it was on TV a lot, and I think they had a different ending. But it is on. It's, it's very influential. Lots of filmmakers citing this movie. Everybody from Guillermo del Toro, J.J. Abrams, Neil Blomkamp, Quentin Tarantino. And it, you'll find it on the many lists of best sci-fi horror and best movies of all time. Uh, in fact, Tarantino. So and Ennio Morricone does the music, even though Carpenter is he's a composer and a writer. Ennio Morricone, of course, gave us the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. And uh, Tarantino gets him to do the hateful eight and at that movie he kind of he also brings back kurt russell there's a lot of paranoia and mistrust in that movie it's all citing the thing he also said the thing was an inspiration for reservoir dogs which i can kind of see i guess there's a lot of paranoia you don't know who the cop is yeah, yeah. there's a lot of par- but we know but there's a lot of paranoia and mistrust i guess we find out later uh but he repurposed music from the thing for the hateful eight also Hmm. So he score is really good in this yeah. too. Oh yeah, the music definitely very yeah. very simplistic, but sets the mood. There, yeah, Ennio Morricone is great. Yeah, I mean he, as I said earlier, I think it bears repeating. I haven't seen very many filmmakers in this journey with you guys that can set an atmosphere like Carpenter can, and like There's right away some sort of dread. Yeah, you feel it. What he's set yeah. up. I mean, Escape from New York has that same, same kind of thing. feeling. Oh, my God. And it's just like this fucking anything's possible. Anybody could die at any time. Escape from New York. I mean, it almost feels like a, like there's this scene where he's in the, the building and people are like coming out of the walls. Oh, and yeah. Ceilings. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? It's like Last of Us and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Before Last of Us. Uh, yeah. Fifty million dollar budget. One and a half million uh, was spent on the creature effects. Uh, and uh, like I said, shot in Alaska. So they filmed multiple endings. There was one ending where McCready is rescued and he tests negative for being the thing. But Carpenter mm. was like, it's too, it's too neat. I want to leave it ambiguous. The TV version adds a narration and a different ending where this, I don't mind where the thing becomes a dog again. And you see him escape the camp at the very end. I, I kind of wouldn't have minded that. Like these two die in the cold. And then you see, one of the dogs run off, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" The thing is still out there. I think that the way that ends in this is is great. Okay, yeah. I, the, and the reason I say that is it just it ends in a way that anything no, that you want no it to be, can be. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it just kind of ends and you're just like, yeah, as Rug said, you can, it can be whatever you want it to be. But all, all that you know is that those two men are dead. If, even, even if even one if of they them was, Right. Thing. They're not going to survive. Yeah. But Whoever if one, survived isn't, didn't really survive. But, right. But if one of them is the thing and they freeze, then that thing got what he wanted. Then the thing, then, yeah, the then, thing, then the thing lasts until another yeah. person comes wrong. Also, to uh, save money on production, the Norwegian, the burned out Norwegian base was actually that base they were in after they blew it up. Oh, wow. They filmed that for the Norwegian base. I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. That's pretty clever. Yeah. John Carpenter does in 2011 say that this is his favorite film from his filmography. And he's like, uh, if the quote, if the thing had been a hit, my career would have been different. It's quite Mm. possible. Uh, But, uh, you know. It just, it, it was, the country was in a recession. It was the wrong time. People wanted hopeful. It, it happens, though. Happy shit. It was, it was wrong time, but like the right time. Because now time. you look back at it and you go, yeah. man, that was made in 82. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. They had those practical effects and it still holds up. And you have Kurt Russell in his prime and uh, what's his name? Childs' character? Keith David. Keith David. I mean, just... I, I when I by the end of that film I was like wow this is awesome this is great yeah it's pretty great it's super rewatchable right like I yeah went I could back. easily rewatch yeah I like I went back, I was watching clips on YouTube of just all the fucking thing parts and like admiring the craftsmanship put into the fucking effects uh, they look amazing and they got like 4K versions on YouTube that look amazing mm-hmm. but it's short to the point super rewatchable uh, Dark Horse Comics uh, publishes a couple of sequels. That have like starts like right after the film McCready in the nineties, and then yeah, two thousand eleven they made a prequel about the Norwegians. Uh, and then there's, there's also something about um, and this these this would happen a lot in the eighties. There's something about having a bunch of men in yes. a confined space that get, are actually yes. scared of something. Yeah, it's interesting. There's no women in the whole thing, right? Yeah, like you, you like similar thing with with Alien, although you had Sigourney Weaver. You also have a similar thing with Predator. There's something about men being hunted by something and actually being emasculated by something yeah. that is kind of intriguing. That they don't understand. Yeah. They're just like, oh, fuck. Like, what, what <laughs> do like we the do? like Predator, yeah. <laughs> uh, but very enjoyable movie. Of course, I've mentioned this before, the iconic Drew Struzan poster image of just a guy in a, in a coat and a parka and light coming out. This iconic poster, I may have mentioned the story about how it was created before. I, I had the story a little bit wrong. Here's the actual story. Drew Struzan uh, tweeted about it. Uh, basically, when John Carpenter was getting ready to promote the thing, he needed a poster right away. Struzan tweeted, quote, I conceived it, painted it, and my art was delivered to the studio all within 24 hours. In fact, when they put it under the glass to photograph, it, the paint stuck to the glass because the thing was still wet. Uh, it says here, Struzan hadn't even seen the movie when he drew the poster. Uh, he wasn't even given a rundown of the movie before crafting the image. The studio just told him to recall the 1950s movie, The Thing, and they gave him no other detail. And they're like, we need it tomorrow. And But that poster lives on. It's a, just it's one of the most iconic posters uh, you're ever going to see. It's a great poster. I mean, I knew about that poster for years. What's, what's good about it, too, is I don't, even though you look at the poster, you don't really know what the thing is going to look like. Right. But then you look back at the poster and you go, I can kind of see it. It totally fits the mystery of the yeah, movie. It, fits, it, it just makes the mystery go, oh, yeah, that fits the mystery. 
There's no actors in it. There's just something that like intri- an image that intrigues you, and he fucking nails it with the light. It's a great on. poster. Yeah, it's fa- and the fact that he just fucking I mean, whipped it up in a day. I mean, light doesn't shoot out of anybody's eyes in it, so you might be a little bit misleading. But right. I mean, he didn't have anything to go on, so no. I can't really fault him. Yeah. Sometimes it's better when you just like uh, just make a thing, make a thing. Everybody got thinged, almost everybody. But. Yeah, no, I'm so glad, Jay Davis, uh, you made us watch this. Fucking great movie. Uh, let's rate it, and I guess you can rate, you already kind of ranked it amongst Carpenter movies, Anthony, but what would you give it? Yeah, I like it the best of the Carpenter movies I've seen, and I'm going to go nine and a half out of ten. Oh, I ha- shit. I would have wow, had it a ten if, uh, if the characters didn't act stupid at the end. <laughs> but how else are they going to get thinged? Thunger. Just gotta write it better. Just write it a little better. It was it was doing such a good job too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a long it, part it of just goes movie. into weird slasher thing where the people act stupid and separate for no reason. Like if you're gonna separate them, you guys come up with a better reason. That's all. But I can see that. Yeah, nine and a half out of ten. Almost nearly a perfect movie. I mean, the explanations, the science is great. The character, you know, bits are great. Kurt Russell Paranoia, holding dynamite. The, the, the yeah. fact, the, the the red herrings, the fact that you don't really understand what's going on, the creature, I mean, the practical effects alone, just how creepy they look. I mean, you get the, the they undo the body that's half burnt and you got the faces all jive together and human organs. I love just, that when he's pulling things out, he's like, this is all normal, normal right. lugs. I was like, what the, the fuck the is The blood this? being taken. I mean, there's just so many things. Oh, how about that bit where like they think it's dead and it's covered with the with the blanket and you see it move? Ooh, in the oh my god, like, oh, yeah, that's fuck. a great one. And then yeah. the next time he's just incorporating that dude and the blood is dripping. It's yeah. it is it's almost perfect rugs. What would you give it? I don't know. I'm tempted to give it a ten out of ten. But... Oh shit, do it. He doesn't do that very often. <laughs> no, I don't. But I think you know for this, I'll do it. Oh, Whoa, per- yeah, perfect score from the yeah. Rug boy. I feel like it's one of the. I can't believe that no one went to see this movie or yeah. whatever. But I remember when I saw it when I was a kid, I was like, this movie's fucking unforgettable. Like, I can't yeah. forget. Like, and even though I blanked out a few scenes here and there, but for the most part, I've retained the whole entire movie in my head uh, and all of the gory shit. And, and it took me a long time to forget all this shit. <laughs> oh my God, when I was a kid, it gave me nightmares. So, um, yeah, it is. Uh, I would say it's near perfect or for its time it's i don't think you're gonna get a better fucking or like scary horror movie with practical effects than this one god if, so. I, if I saw this when i was a kid it would have fucking uh, that would have been it who would have where do you have it amongst carpenter films you've seen i haven't seen them all but i would say this is one of my obviously it's, it's a 10 so i, I it's probably it's my top, favorite it's gotta yeah. be the best carpenter movie uh no I I I agree with all you guys I'm gonna give it a nine it is probably his his best movie out of the, I kind of seen the same ones you've seen Anthony uh but everyone would probably say Halloween oh you think so I think that's the one that's most iconic yeah like oh yeah it's the most one. successful obviously yeah. It, yeah and it has like a long franchise legs as well yeah. so and but, Halloween basically started a genre within the horror that's thing, but that's true. Of, no, you're right. It is. It firmly places itself in the in the pantheon of horror, you know, franchises with the Halloween. But but there's something about the thing that that uh, it, I don't know. It's just this creature effects are so fucking. I mean, if good. it had boobs in it, maybe it, it would be <laughs> better. No women in the movie. Maybe that's the one yeah. thing it needs. Yeah, it, it, it does need that. I think. 
but clearly a huge inspiration. You see, you know, kind of stuff from this movie and in, in, in a lot of these people's works and uh, it lives on. Uh, yeah. Great. Jay Davis. Thank you for being a patron yeah. and for the suggestion. 1982, a great year of movies. Okay. Let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news, for news from, from the, the nation. nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. I got an article here posted by uh, our buddy Darrell. Uh, and it's something I wanted to bring up last week, but uh, we were there was, was a lot going on last week. It is about AMC theaters change to movie ticket prices that is in effect now here from Variety. It says the country's largest exhibition chain is rolling out Sightline at AMC, a ticket pricing initiative based on seat location within the auditorium. Similar to music concerts, sporting events, or Broadway, moviegoers will have the option to pay more or less for admission depending on where they choose to sit in the venue. In effect, front row seats will be available at a lower price, while the seats in the middle of the theater will be available at a higher price. The initiative has already kicked off in major cities, New York, Chicago, Kansas City. Um, Jess Rivera was posting some screenshots as he was trying to buy tickets, and you see that they're different colors in the middle now and they're charging you like two dollars extra for the middle tickets uh i don't know how i feel about this i believe they do this in like overseas in the uk Mm. uk listeners australia listeners let us know i think i remember them doing it but is it any different to play devil's advocate than a concert or a a broadway or a, a live show where you're going to pay more based on where you're sitting or is this fucking bullshit and unnecessary because it's not a live thing. Good question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. First I'm of sure all. no one likes it. I, I can say I understand it because there are better seats in a movie theater than people want to be in the middle, right? Or yeah. you want to be in on, you know, you don't want to be in the front. No. Th- those, and, I, and I come yeah. from a sports background, having watched a lot of sporting events live and in theater. And yeah, this is not, un- I mean, this is very common, right? But those are live events. Right. It's, it's kind of a different thing. Now, part of me does agree the fucking front row seats should be way cheaper because you can't. Like if you're going to go, let, let's say you're going to go to the movies on a fucking weekday on a matinee or whatever, and you got to pay extra. There's nobody in the fucking theater. Yes. That, what's stopping? It doesn't make uh, any sense. Here's the other question. Uh, who's fucking enforcing this? High schoolers, teenagers that fucking work there. What if you go and then you just move to the middle when the movie starts? There's nobody there. What are they going to do? They can fucking kick you out. Like, how are they going to enforce this? No, they can't enforce it. They can't enforce it if it's an empty theater. If it's an empty theater, you buy the cheapest seat and you move back. Yes, that's the play. Yeah, I mean, people do that at sporting events all the time. I'm already spending shitloads when I go to the movies because, you know, like, I'm trying to get the best theater experience. Like, I'm leaving my house, right, my area of comfort to go in some fucking theater. So I don't want to go and just watch it on a regular screen. I want to watch it on the best screen, best system so they're already getting a shitload of my money. Like, how much more do you fucking want? Like, really crazy. So there's they're they're trying to do two things. First of all, I just think when you're trying to get people back in theaters after fucking COVID, this is probably not the best move because well, it, they're not they're not doing it that way. They're thinking about the fact that they have a certain amount of people that have come back. Yeah, 
and they got to squeeze out as much money as they can out of the people. Or they got to upsell them to their AMC Stubbs membership because if you sign up for that, the extra dollars don't apply. You don't have to pay more. There you go. So they're trying to push people, which it's. I've heard about the AMC Stubbs. I keep seeing the thing. Can't be a raves about it. Apparently, like for twenty dollars a month, you can see like three movies a week. I mean, it's not a bad deal if you take advantage of it. The only people that I know that have done this, that stuff are people that either watch a shit ton of movies or live by a movie theater. I have a friend yeah. that lives like right across the street from the yeah. movie theater, yeah. and they do it just because it's just convenient. I don't think I would have time to see three movies a no, week. I, I can't. I mean, yeah. My theater is five minutes away. It's not that far, but I'm not going there fucking three times a week. No. When there's all this shit to watch on TV that I already but paid it's, for. It costs 20 bucks, but can you, 20 bucks a month, but you got... Can you go into like uh, the high quality movies like yeah. IMAX and shit? Yeah, I think you can see everything now. I think before it used to be like you couldn't see the good stuff or you'd have to pay a little more. But I think now you can see everything. They just want subscribers. They want that set yeah. it and forget it monthly money. And they're willing to take the hit if they could get you to subscribe. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at uh, uh, Jess Rivera's posts. He says anything in the yellow hitting AMC with the preferred sightline fee. And you clearly see where it's marked. I swear that's how they do it in Europe. Uh, there's like a nice section. Uh, anyways. What I will say, though, yeah. is that what, well, the one thing I liked about movie theaters is I like the assigned seating, which has been yes. in place now for a while. That That is huge. That That's like first that come, first serve. You know what I mean? But um, No, but the fact that you don't have to get there an hour before and right. be stressed about where I hope I get the fucking seat. Or I want. stand in line. Or, yes. In no one like, I hated seeing Remember in doing line. that? You had to rush oh, yeah. in and it was a mad fucking rush. I remember seats. I remember when I was in college, we would go to the movie theater like two hours in advance yeah. and stand in line. You had to. We did that too, Rugs, right? We went fucking we would go early and wait for Star line. Wars for all yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's I'm glad that went away. Yeah, that's bullshit. This is kind of bullshit, too, but I guess I see what they're doing. We'll see if it's successful and other theaters follow suit. Um, some comments from the group. Uh, Daryl K said, fuck that. Uh, Nick Chef says, you're paying for the experience, man. Uh, I added that. <laughs> Dave Mareska says, and they wonder why people would rather just stream from the comfort of their own home. Kiss your business goodbye. What morons? And both Wes Cranford and Bruce O'Hughes say this is bullshit. Blake Braden says, bring back the rise of independent movie theaters, which reminds me, there's now an Alamo theater in Chicago, Anthony. Did you know that? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. It's in Wrigleyville. It's in it's in that building. It's on like the second floor in that building, the new building across from Wrigley Field. And mm. it's got a whole retro theme. Like you can rent VHS and DVDs for free. You get There's booze there. There's coffee. You can order food right to your seat, like pizzas and like good shit. Oh wow! And I've always wanted to check out the Alamo Experience. I you might can have drink to go, too. You could drink there. Yeah, I might have to go check it out. It's uh, like it's one of the. Oh, I'm I'm looking at so just just for reference, I'm yeah. looking at the movies they have showing there. Yeah, if you what are they to go tomorrow? What do they got? Knock at the cabin. I don't oh, know what the fuck. That's that is. the M Night Shyamalan's new movie with Dave Bautista. Okay. Avatar: The Way of the Water. Okay. Magic Mike's Last Dance. Okay. Megan. Okay. Infinity Pool, Sharper, Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, fun. They're playing Eternal Sunshine. That's kind of fun. Interesting. I might yeah. have to go check this place out. This yeah, cool. I've seen pictures of the inside. It looks super cool. And the Alamo is widely regarded as like one of the best independent theater chains across the country. Absolutely. And I'm. Is there one in, uh, out east? Yeah, there's yeah, one in Staten have you Island. Been to one? Oh, there's, there's one, one in Staten Island. Oh, I think there's one in New York now, too. Oh, there's one. Have you been to one, Rugs? Uh, no, but I've been 
heard nothing but great things about him. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, cool. yeah, I mean, this AMC bullshit might push me to go to the Alamo. I don't know, but it's far from my house. Do they have them in Florida? <laughs> I don't know. Where are the Alamo locations? The Alamo. No, you got me intrigued by looking at this. Yeah, dude, try to find some photos of the inside. It's yeah. There's super three cool. in New York. There's there's one in downtown Brooklyn, one in oh, Lower Manhattan, and one in Staten Island. Yeah. There's uh, they're in Texas. I know they started in Texas, but the, the weird thing is they're showing mainstream movies. Yeah, no, they 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 do that. They do oh. that, and then they show like fun movies. So what and makes have, it like, different? It's just the retro. Uh, the retro vibe, the fact that you could drink and order food there, and it's nice. Uh, there, oh oh oh, there's one in Boston. There's one in Yonkers. Lots of Dallas. Wow, there's like four. Whoa, there's really, there's really like four near me. Wow, wow really? So they show the old movies. Washington yeah. D.C., Denver, El Paso, Houston, Laredo, L.A., Lubbock, Texas. Three in New York City, North Northern Virginia, Omaha. Oh, there's one in Omaha. One in Raleigh. San Antonio, San Francisco has one. Springfield, Missouri, oh, wow. St. Louis, Twin Cities, Winchester, Yonkers. Wow, they're all over the place. I guess they encu- and they encourage more interaction, huh? So you can those like movie parties. If you ever want to lose yeah. yourself a movie, yeah. cheer for your heroes, boo the bad guys, shout your favorite lines, sing along. It would be a fun place to rent out for like a bachelor, a bachelorette party, or a birthday party. Uh, but I'm bachelor, old- a bachelorette party. Yeah, right. not, no, no. <laughs> There's booze there. You, can you fucking nerd. Okay, maybe a birthday party. Maybe a 46 birthday party. A bachelor party. 47. How old am I? What kind uh, of bachelor party I've, is you going on? I've always wanted to visit the Alamo, so maybe I'll get a chance. I don't know. There's not a strip yeah. club in there. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, listener, let us know what you think of these price increases. I don't like this trend. Let's finish with some what are we watching uh, let's start with The Last of Us. Ep- we're up to episode five. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Another fucking fantastic episode. This show loves playing with your emotions. Uh, it's heart re- heart wrenching, gut punchy. What the fuck? Yeah, the only the only drawback I have is I just remembered the game in that in this moment of yeah. watching the episode and yeah. I knew how it was gonna end. But my friends who hadn't played the game or forgot were just mind blown. I did not get to thing. that part. And I, again, they introduce characters, make you invest in them, and then they fucking kill them. What the fuck? Holy shit. There's nobody safe except for Joel and Ellie. And even them, maybe. No, they got to be. They got to be the only two that are safe. Uh, Henry and Sam. Yes. Who are there from the game. You run across they are them. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that whole the whole. I mean, they added a little more backstory to Henry. And Sam, they yeah. changed up Sam a little bit. Sam played him, by a deaf actor. Right, deaf. Uh, they gave a little bit more backstory to the people that were hunting Henry. But, I mean, a lot of that, that relationship and the gist at the end, obviously, the whole thing at the end is straight out of the game. Jesus. That was shocking. I didn't see that coming. And yeah. I was like, fuck, god damn. But, uh, Ruggs, what'd you think? Let's talk about that, that fucking scene at the end. The, the- yeah, I mean, it was tragic. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like Rick from Walking Dead, yeah. where everywhere he goes, like fucking just tragedy and yes. follows. Yes, it's, it's going to be the same thing for this this duo here. Everybody they meet is not Rick and Carl. Yeah, and uh, everybody they meet. But uh, let's. How about the whole action scene at the end with th- that incredible? That was great. I, I think that what happened is all the gunfire had woken those fuckers up. And then they, they well, all the just, truck the truck crashes into the building and c- caves in. So that probably woke him up a little bit too 
And that dude, that was a practical suit on this like six six like bodybuilder dude. Apparently, wow! Uh, it looked amazing, and he's fucking ripping heads off. Oh my god! And just the way oh, yeah. they come pouring out of the hole for like a long time. Uh, that it was that was wild. That was the whole moment. Was like they're never gonna get out of this fucking shit. And then yeah. I'm like, there's too many of them. And I'm like, oh, here comes something. Boom! And all of a sudden, the wave of uh infected comes comes out and you're like oh okay they're gonna get out <laughs> and i love how joel's kind of playing a video game up there with the sniper shot yeah that's straight out of the game too where yeah. you're you gotta help you're Ellie. in the tower you have to go around while they're shooting at you get up to the tower knock the guy out and then, and then save and ellie clear, by clear the guy. yeah oh my god that's great that's so good the fucking little great. the girl that the girl uh clicker that crawls into the car played by that's like great contortionist little girl is fucking creepy as fuck the whole thing. And then, yeah, just fucking Kathleen, uh, bearded guy, all of them. Just fucking eat it. All done. Good. I'm happy yeah. about that. <laughs> man, I didn't like her anyways. I didn't like her at all. Yeah. I, I was the only, she was the only one I was like, uh, I don't like the way she's playing this role. Like, oh, you're mad that you're someone that you cared about died? Like, yeah. everybody, like, yeah. everybody, what, everybody knows is dead. What like, is the world you're living in? Why are in? they following her? That was the only one I was like, yeah. Uh, she seems but, unhinged. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I do think also this episode signifies the loss of innocence for uh, Ellie. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, she sees first. She sees she sees um Sam obviously get shot in the head, yeah. and Henry shoot himself. But yeah. she also lo- realizes this this hope of her being the cure might not be the thing because she rubs blood on him and it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, she tried to help. Yeah, yeah. but that wasn't gonna work. <laughs> no, like, that I mean that was a great jump scare at the end i mean again i didn't get to that part i didn't see that they do that in the game too where you're you're sitting there and he's looking out the window and you're like like, and then he just turns around and attacks god that's great so good great episode my my everyone that watched it um that's uh, all of my friends i watched it that don't remember the game were like wow this is crazy this is a crazy episode that was all that was a hard-hitting one yeah it had a little bit of everything you know in there uh and yeah the effects look great so four episodes left god damn how much more can my emotions take? I don't know. Uh, they're just like, you can't invest moving forward. Like, you can't invest in any character. You don't know what's going to happen. So I guess they're going to leave. They're in Kansas City and then keep heading west, I guess. Uh, to find this. Still, he's still looking for his brother. Yeah, he's still looking for his brother. Yep. They're trying to get to the Fireflies. Something. I forgot in the game how much shit he carries and how many things you have to, like, craft and keep making constantly. And I'm like, how are you carrying all that shit? <laughs> you got a bat and a piece of board and a shotgun and a Malta. Oh, the best is when he's got a Molotov cocktail and it's lit and you put it away. He just puts like the lit cocktail back in his bag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It's a so video funny. game, Imran. Yeah, Come on, Imran. Yeah. Well, I know. Video you gotta... games, you're allowed to keep and carry all sorts of shit. You can carry a ton of shit. And you can make all sorts of stuff really quick. Yep. And all you have to do is pick up a box with a red cross on it and, and a bullet wound goes away. Yeah. yeah. You put a little thing on your arm and you're healed yep. up. Let's go. It's great. But yeah, this fucking this show continues to amaze. Um, I will say, Anthony, I have caught up on Netflix's physical 100. You watch seven episodes? Uh, no, there's only five. Seven. No, no, no this the next one. I, I watched I think all I did. of them. Yeah. I think I watched everything that was out. It ends five with the, the boat pulling, right? Oh, yes, you're right. Five. Yeah. So the next one, they come out on Tuesday. No, six. It was six. Okay. I did watch six. It comes out every yeah. Tuesday. And uh, holy shit, this show sucked me in. There is a lot <laughs> of like a- a- exposition of the characters sometimes, like 
takes a while to get started, but they have to introduce you to a hundred fucking people legitimately. And then yeah. it gets, and, but I'm thinking like the strategy I'm thinking all the time, like, what would I do? It's so good. It's so good. It is. It's, it's a great recommend. You caught up. I, rugs? I, I watched it. I felt like I didn't watch it in its entirety. I fast forwarded through a lot of it because I was like, I don't need to know any of this shit. Let's just see what they do. And, um, I, I found it to be somewhat repetitive after a while, like, because I, they could do a better, uh, I think they could edit it better together. So they kind of get the gist of what's going on without having making you go through the whole thing. Well, um, yeah, the style is very like, I guess this, not only yeah, that, but yeah, like yeah, they show time. you things three or four times. Yes. And that gets really things. annoying. Yes. But yeah. you know um, what? I got to know the characters like Chun Sung Hoo, that no, old that older like. MMA guy. My, I'm rooting for him. And his you know what my favorite part was when they were jumping on the shit, the jumping on the blocks. Uh, oh, the high doing the high jump. Yeah, when they're just hanging yeah. out. Hanging I out. thought that that was kind of like the best part of That's the whole thing. That's a total thing. CrossFit oh, yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. They're doing the CrossFit thing. Who can have the highest standing box jump? I, was- I agree with you, Rugs. I don't like the way it's sometimes edited. Yeah. They really draw stuff out with yeah. the amount of replays and. But I do enjoy it. Out. I watched all the competitions. I just fast forward through a lot of the. Ex- I felt like this could be way tighter and um and edited a little bit better. I hate the, how- the intriguing part. Part of it for me. Sorry, Ron, real quick. What's intriguing for me about it is just the fact that you've taken all these different yeah. people from different athletic or entertainment backgrounds and you're just pitting them against each other. It's wild. It'd be, just like if they did that in the U.S., they wouldn't ever because the athletes here and the entertainers wouldn't want to put themselves out like that. But it would just be insane. I mean, you have MMA fighters, gymnasts, dancers, yeah. fucking yeah. college students, uh, uh, skeleton Olympic Olympic athletes, yeah, people, people in the military, you Mili- got, oh, yeah, tons yeah. of military dudes who are fucking badass boxers, crossfitters, crossfitters, female boxers. Uh, it's it's so compelling, and there's already characters that like I want to to go through. It's great how they all recognize each other, yeah, and how like they're famous. What I hate though, because you know, in American television, when you're watching like uh, a Ninja Warrior, the show has to come to an end. There's a conclusion. You finish the challenge. You finish the obstacle course. But because it's filmed, they fucking leave you hanging at they the do. end. And I'm like, oh, you fuckers! Now I gotta watch the next episode. Because right. I need to know what happens. But um, pu- pulling that fucking two-ton boat. They, you see how long it took them? They were yeah, fucking 12, was 14, grueling. 18 yeah. hours of work. Are you kidding me? Of exertion? I think, um, yeah, I think the challenges are interesting. I feel like the, one of the biggest highlights for me is when the guy's like, I, I, I want to fight you MMA style. Yeah, that was yeah, the best Oh, that part. was great. And I was like, oh, they're, about to, and they're doing it. They, they allowed it. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was awesome. They yeah. Were, so, yeah, the one guy he fights is Chung Soon Hoon. Who's, yeah, uh, that guy's badass. Yeah, he's a legend in MMA. So I want him to go far. He's 47 years old, but he's a, he's a legend. And, yeah, that the other guy's a young MMA fighter. And that was when, when that happened, I paused it, sent it to my friends who were watching the show. I'm like, this is awesome love that this because the what's also interesting for me beside the the body types and people just playing off against each other is you can see how different korean culture is mm-hmm. how much more respectful they're everyone so polite. is they're so yeah, polite whereas, like the americans if this was an american show like all the dudes in that that one-on-one battle would have yeah. picked a girl like you yeah. just pick you pick a girl you yeah. beat the girl you, know you're you go be, on yeah where all the dudes or most of the dudes were like no i want a tough challenge yeah. the one wrestling the one girl picks the big rugby players that like, was great. fights that guy Right, just that like was great. much more, just a different culture. You're just getting a glimpse of like the more of the honorable 
um, East Eastern Asian culture. There's no smack talk, past. right? Normally, no, you'd have smack really talk. Any. There's no Even smack talk. Even when they talk. smack talk, it's very respectful. They, they they apologize before like uh, boasting. They're like, "I'm sorry, right. but I'm gonna win." Like every time right. they say that, it's so weird. How about that dude with fucking tree trunks for thighs? That guy's insanely <laughs> that huge. Guy's I've never seen a guy. That guy's so big. Huge. He's so big. But he is like short too. But he's like, he's, like, he's kind of he like on the ball, What he turtled the ball? I was like, oh, there's no way you're moving this dude. It's yeah. it's. So done. who do you got to win, Anthony? I, I like who Imran said the Chung Sung Hoon. Yeah, I just like him. I like him. I don't too. know if he's gonna win, but he he's MMA fighter, forty seven years old. I also kind of like that he's somewhat relatable. Yeah. There's the scene on the bridge where he's clearly afraid of heights. Yes, he's crawling. So he's crawling. Everybody else is running. Like that, what about Iron Man? Yeah. What do you think about Iron Man? Oh, uh, Bin Sun, something like that. Yeah, the good, the look, good looking guy. Yeah, he's he's good too. I mean, he's super athletic. Uh, I don't like him just because I just don't like. The guy that looks like he has it all, dude. Oh. The girl who led the last team of five and ended up winning, you, you, oh, yeah. Sin, she's fucking fantastic. She's a wrestler, yeah, yeah. And that that was great drama where the the was like the last pick team fucking takes him wins. Yeah, that was so great. I was like, oh my god, I hope they get, they're up against it though in this next challenge. There's so like we've gone from a hundred women. Oh. Well, the where they haven't done the ton, the two, the two one and a half ton boat for, the, yet. for that third team. Yeah, they're I yeah. think they're gonna lose. There's no way that team is pulling that boat. Maybe, but it's gonna take way too long because that's a heavy boat. Well, uh, uh, what do you? Who do you think had the better strategy in that? Do you think all pulling or lifting no, and pulling? The first team, ha- I think, did it a lot faster. Yeah, I think they did it. The faster. lifting and pulling on the side, it looked like it went faster. And, and I think they had a better strategy getting it up because yeah. it looks like the the second team is just pulling the, using the yes. rope. Yeah, but the oh, other team is rope stuck. and pushing. That's where we left off. They got it's not budging. They're so close to putting that rope on the thing, and it stops moving altogether. Uh, but they put the second team put the barrels on a lot quicker, but they fucked themselves with the pulling. Yeah, the first team distributing the force around it and lifting like that seemed to go really well. But then you could stop and move the fucking logs and go. It, I was exhausted just fucking watching this. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be know. fucking kidding me. <laughs> Jesus. So it goes from 100, then we go down to 50, then we're down to 25. And then just imagine, though, oh, that no. would like if this, was an, if this was America. Yeah. If this was an American show, the kind of athlete, it would be like LeBron James, Vin yeah. Diesel, The Rock, yeah. Jake Paul. Like that, That's the kind of people that it seems like they have in the Korea. The singers that, that would be fit. You could throw CrossFitters in there and like right, exactly. Michael Phelps and shit. Exactly. You know? It would be wild. It would be wild. It would be, be absolutely wild. I can't believe there's so many fit people in Korea. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't find that hard to believe no, at all. That, that, yeah. yeah, that part I don't find. It's the fact that they got these people to do their sh- do the show yeah. and throw away their ego. Yeah, because like the one that one prison guard, it's just like completely emasculated by the wrestler. Oh yeah, that giant prison guard. Where I was pumped for that matchup when it was the big wrestler versus the big prison guard. Yeah, and he's just tossing him around. <laughs> he's like, I thought it was something. Oh yeah, he was scared. Yeah, he was getting his ass kicked. Yeah, or the one, the one dude that's like super the arm wrestling champion that get yes. like loses to the skinny yes. guy. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like. No, no way! American athletes go into that with like, oh, I, I have a he chance was to embarrassed. lose. Yeah, that was it. That had to be embarrassing for him. Yeah, uh, and I like how they brought five people back. That challenge was also interesting. Just fucking hold on to the thing as long as you can. Yeah. So then it goes from twenty up to thirty, and then they're gonna 10, lose ten. Little, so it's gonna yeah, go back to 20. twenty. 
Oh, I can't wait to see who comes out on top and what more challenges they have in store. What can they do after pulling a fucking two-ton boat? It's amazing. Good, <laughs> good recommend. I'm totally fucking in on this show. I love it. Squid Game meets the challenge. It is. It's so perfect. Perfect to tide yeah. you over until Squid Game comes back. Um, I also watched The Menu on HBO Max. Fun movie. I liked it. Anya Taylor-Joy is always a joy. Don't you think that like if you were there, you'd be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, like promptissimo. Just leave. But it is totally <laughs> about how critics and people like us, people like aficionados, people who talk shit on Twitter, ru- ultimately ruin the art that the person is trying to make by... Yeah, but how like do you feel know. about that? How do you feel about I that? I mean, the you know, the characters they had, it, it it made sense, and it made sense why her character threw him off because she didn't give a fuck and she like, was actually one of them. This is how I this is how I feel as a critic, right? If I'm criticizing somebody that's genuinely trying to make art, I usually give them a break. Right. If I see just corporate bullshit, yeah, then I criticize the fuck out of it because I do think it takes a lot of guts to get out there and and try and create things that are like groundbreaking, whatever. And uh, it is the movie is like an attack on people who criticize things. But I think it's specific to the food and the the foodie industry because there's so many, just like art. There's so no, many. I fucking think the, I think it's a filmmaker. I, I think it's I think it's about filmmaking too. Oh, okay. I mean, it's yeah. the, he's using food as an allegory, as yeah. like oh. I used to love to make things, and now right. I don't want to make them anymore because all you guys are fucking you're never happy. You yeah, assholes. Nobody, yeah, yeah. So um, you, don't, you don't know what it takes to put together one of these things. Yeah, yeah. People are willing to die for it. The stuntmen hanging from the fucking yeah. thing. But like, yeah, I do think it's an allegory, and I do think that it maybe have to do with the food industry as well. But um, yeah, because it's it, it's a lot more um. Yeah, food just exists for like a few minutes before you eat it, and then you shit it out. You know. Right. And he he says that. And like, I have always thought about that. I was like, people spend so much time and we spend so much money putting things in our mouth only to shit it out. Like what we're paying for our shit. Now, this is an interesting question. Anthony, you're a, you're a young uh, dude going out to fancy dancy places, getting cuisine. <laughs> sure. Like, do you ever come from that experience and genuinely go, I'd rather just have a fucking hamburger or a fucking pastrami sandwich like uh or a pizza then then what did that experience that you went to see i don't do the fancy dancy thing all the time so most of the time i actually prefer the more low-key thing but so the fancy thing is more of kind of a treat for me it's an Um, experience yeah it's just like an experience of like being there and doing that and having it done and if you go and you're you and you're not like immune to it and you're just like oh i I like this is the first the first time i'm doing this in a month or whatever then it's fun but if you're doing it all the time uh i don't know if that's i don't know if it resonates as much um i would say generally though i prefer i could just have like chipotle or something like i live in new york where like there's fucking all kinds of cuisine and everybody's you gotta go try this place whatever and every single time i've gone i've been Mm. like it's not that great you know, the fuck is a big deal. Yeah, but but also your your personality. When people tell you something's awesome, you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pattern for you with movies and now yeah, with cuisine. Yes, Nailed it's true. <laughs> I did one time. I took the wife to like a fancy tasting thing, multi course, tiny fucking portions, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this edible flour and foam is great, but I'm still fucking hungry. Where's the food? <laughs> 
mother, I paid hundreds of dollars. Where the fuck is the food? So yeah. it can the last get time I went to a fancy place was called Maple and Ash in Chicago. Uh, uh, okay. It was actually pretty good. Okay, um, but they they actually gave you a, a lot of food, but it was very high price. The the unique the the way they market themselves is they have everyone they give you a menu and it says like a personal message. So I'll say like congratulations on your birthday or something yeah. like that. So yeah. everyone gets one of those. So just like makes you feel like oh you have the souvenir from the restaurant i think it's pretty uh, genius marketing yeah. but uh yeah it's i mean these places are we spent there was four guys we spent like almost nine hundred dollars jesus <laughs> i mean there is something about like a well-cooked piece of beef that's just you know high end and yeah. done well even though it's small it melts in your mouth it's kind of worth that's fucking worth the experience what? Yeah, they gave us uh the what was kind of cool about that experience was they gave us a pre cocktail. Okay, so we sat down and they gave us a cocktail that we didn't order. Just like oh, oh. start off the night. Yeah, welcome to Bliss Place. Here's a cocktail. Oh, that's that's see that's fucking fancy. It was nice. Palate cleansers. I thought in the movie the menu like he was dosing them or something the whole time, and that was yeah, it was going to combine into like a poison. That's yeah. what I thought when he was mad that she wasn't eating everything. Like you had to eat everything for this to congeal. But then when the movie starts to go nuts it's pretty shocking and so and you're like what the fuck and it just gets crazier and crazier it's good and it's got a good resolution good ending uh satisfying i would recommend the menu but uh it's yeah it's very good on hbo max uh rugs what else you saw something else i saw the movie x which it was came highly recommended from many uh people that i've talked to i think gerald morris said that was the best one of the year uh i disagree but best horror uh, movie uh i guess I feel like Nope is better. If, I don't, oh, if, really? But uh, Ooh, yeah, interesting. But um, I, I will say that this movie is good. Um, it's about a group of people going to film a porno movie on a farm, and uh, their presence on that farm kind of incites, uh, like a you know, a kind of slasher movie, uh, if you will. Okay. And uh, the cinematography is great. Ty West uh, is director, writer, uh, producer, editor. The acting is very good. Everybody who, who's in the movie, it doesn't feel like a bad movie at all. It doesn't feel like a bad horror movie. It feels like a, like a oh, it's just like a really good, nicely filmed, uh, kind of maturely filmed movie. Okay. Even 24. though it's about sex and there's a lot of uh, boobs in it, which I do like a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I... I, I at the end of the movie, I was like, this is good. Very solid film, but I didn't think it was like the best thing since sliced bread. I, I was like, respectable film. Like I, I, I really enjoyed it, but you're talking about, we just saw the thing, yeah. which, you know, which is also surprisingly really well done yeah. and acted and all that stuff. So it's not anything new. I just think that horror films has descended into schlock. Yeah. And then you got guys like James Wan and a 24, and all this new crop Jordan of stuff. Peele. Yeah. Yeah. And like the ring that were all like, you know, M. Night Shyamalan with, with what he was doing that kind of brought like a level of like competence. Yeah. And that's just, it, it's part of that, that fold. So you don't think this guy, Ty West, who did everything is kind of trying to get to one of the, that kind of position. I think he could be okay. in the future. I think that, um, as I said, like, uh, there are some really good, talented hor- horror film directors out there that do really nice stuff. And I think it's just part 
for par for the course. I don't think it elevates it more oh, than Jenna those. Jenna Ortega is in this also. Man, yeah. she's everywhere. Now you got to watch Pearl, which is the prequel. To I heard that that one's even better. Ooh. And mm. then there's a there's a sequel titled titled Maxine with three X's. So there's gonna mm. be it's a trilogy. Uh, he's doing here. It's okay. I mean, okay. I, I might watch. It was fine. It was where? Like, where is that available? Uh, I don't know. I oh, saw it illegally. Okay. I don't know if it's streaming. <laughs> don't admit that. He didn't mean that. Uh, I, I saw it. I kidding. saw it at a, a friend's house. There you go. Oh, there my you friend, go. nefarious me. My friend, my my evil friend. <laughs> Sometimes he says things he doesn't mean. My doppelganger. <laughs> he doesn't. He didn't take his pills today. It's okay. <laughs> right. Anything else? Anything you watch? You watch anything? No, Physical 100, and then uh, Last of Us and The Thing. That's a pretty full week for That's me. That's a pretty full week. Physical <laughs> 100, new episode drops tomorrow. So every Tuesday, there'll be a new one. I think uh, there's two tomorrow. Oh, I think they, they do, they them do in two twos. at a time? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I got to find <laughs> out if Chong Sung Hoon makes it through to the next round. I feel like I like the will. way he said one, two, three in, in Korean. I don't know oh, if yeah. I can't really repeat it, but I just... It was. It, I would have followed that I, guy. I would have followed that guy to the end of the world. So I'm. That, uh, is it bad that, that I'm watching gosh. it dubbed? Are you? Yeah. It's just how it started playing, and I was like, okay. You're. Yeah, you're a sadist. I don't know why it's you're another, doing that. That's fine. <laughs> it's the dubbing is is not the greatest. But. I actually bounce between the two. Really? What do you prefer? Uh, obviously, if I can pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. While I'm watching yeah. it and give it my full attention, yeah. I, I'm gonna yeah. watch it in Korean, its native language. But yeah, if I'm doing other things, I put it on it. the dub. Yeah, yeah, that they, makes sense. They say he's so cool a lot about everybody over and over. This is so cool. He's so yeah, cool. They, yeah, they do they, say that uh, over yeah. and over again. They 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 fawn over each other so much. They do. It's hilarious. Also, the counting in that challenge also very important. Yeah, it had to be in the rhythm. Everybody pushing at once. The only way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you watch it dubbed that i that's just how it started playing and i was like okay i'm watching this now it's kind of funny uh <laughs> so but again i don't like i don't have to read and watch but even though i have the captions on oh my it's god just, it's just there you it's have the captions, captions on and, and it's, it's dubbed? dubbed yes oh my god maybe i'll turn the i'll switch it to korean when i pick up <laughs> you on should the at least episode. watch a few just to yeah, get the, okay. the, uh, I'll, I'll the general the next, feel i'll watch yeah, you, i'll watch it in korean from now dub just makes it like a, a kind of a kooky experience that i was just too lazy to change the fucking setting i just started and they're talking oh, about I, can I, I can freely bounce back and forth okay, I, so he bounces wait, back. you 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 can't pick up a remote and change the ch- the setting well, it's already playing and i know what they're saying <laughs> It's fine. Why am I going to switch off? Like this? sometimes, I if, I'm, if I'm <laughs> exercising while uh, doing it, quote unquote, <laughs> my hands were busy. What? Anyways, I'll I'll listen to the dub versions. So I don't have to watch. I it. love dubstep. That's why. Uh, okay, that's it for this week, Rugs. Where can the listener find you online? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy. Where uh, I don't know. I'm looking for aliens uh, and shit. He's uh, conducting his own SETI research <laughs> facility. Search for extraterrestrials. All links in our show notes on our website, jockinner.com. Go there to support, to subscribe, to get in touch. You know what Tell to do. Tell a friend. Tell a friend is the most important spread thing. Spread the geekery. If there's one thing that you could do for us is to spread the geekery to your friends. Get everyone to join the Jockinner yeah. Empire. Act like you're Rihanna and spread it. Get the dancing <laughs> oh sperm God. to spread out into the... 
There was a lot of hey, listen. Spread. She was doing a lot of spreading. There she was, was a lot was. of spreading. Part of your butt cheeks and everything. She's grabbing her ass, a lot of gyrating. Do that yeah. in front of your friends and do one of these. Chocolate nerd. And then turn them on to the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Chocolate Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. This is going great. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. What?